Daytime Confidential podcast brought to you by DaytimeConfidential.com. On today's show, Prospect Park shelves One Life to Live while All My Children plans to start taping its second season in October. Blood isn't looking thicker than water for Liam and Wyatt on The Bold and the Beautiful. JJ gets arrested for selling Molly on days. Connie's ass gets capped on General Hospital. And there are oh so many things to talk about on Y&R. All this and much more on today's show, so stay tuned. Giddens, welcome. Hello. Jillian Bow, welcome. Hello, Luca. And Melody Akles, welcome. Hey, hey. Well, do I save the Young and the Restless for first or for last, or do we go with it first? I think we'll go with it first. Mel? Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on Kay's funeral? Can we just start way back? Because we haven't talked about The Young and the Restless for a while. So we didn't talk about the reveal of Catherine being dead. And that's where I'm going to start because it bothered me. So (laughs) it did. It did. And I'm starting there. 1940 (laughs) years ago. Yeah, it's been 84 years. I don't care. So here we go. So uh, Murphy invites everyone over except the Abbots to Catherine's (laughs) house. And we find out that Catherine died. And just the way that he said it, his delivery, I just, I had a problem with it. He was just like, we did all these things. We went to the Taj Mahal. It was great. And then Catherine died. And then I ate a pizza. Catherine. What? And then we went to the malt shop. It was right. Like- he was like, and then Catherine died. And then I ate a pizza. I feel like that's the way <laughs> it came off. And it wasn't supposed to because I'm like, this is supposed to be sad, and the way he said it was just like, yeah, she died, and then I came back, and that's what happened. Anywho. If I was I, Devon, I'd have whooped his ass, because when he told me he took my big mama zipline and all that stuff, I'd have been like, well, fool, she was 80-some-odd years old. Of course she died after you took a zipline off the Taj Mahal. All kinds of craziness. Like, Catherine Chancellor is not a billionaire, and she doesn't have all this money to do all these things before this. It was absurd. It anyway. was not bad, Mel. It was not bothersome. Stop saying that. It was terrible. You need to <laughs> emphasize it like Charles Barkley. You know things are bad when I said the Charles Barkley terrible because he forgets that there's an E in terrible and just puts a U in there. It was god awful they were playing it felt like they were playing a game of clue i was waiting for miss marple inside the drawing room to say Catherine's dead it was terrible for victor newman you know for victor newman to be sitting down there like let's figure this out let's put all the cards together and play clue and then jill just all of a sudden figures it out oh my god it's her bucket list how did you get that that, because at least that proves that jill abbott is still the smartest person in the room yeah yeah okay anyways so jumping forward to the funeral to the funeral the first day of the funeral was shit i'm saying it i don't care what anybody else says i hated it it was all these recent flashbacks of Catherine during maria's era during Maria's, During Maria's era, era. Which I think not. Stuff I had forgotten about well, because it wasn't. There was cool. a little bit of uh, Clear Springs in there too from LML. Oh, LML too. Let me throw her in there. I ain't gonna leave you out, girl. But I, you know, go ahead, Mel. My bad. This is your time. My I bad. Just, I, it's okay. I just 
I didn't like any of that nonsense the first day, but the second day saved it for me because they got Jess Walton up there as Jill Abbott, and she talked Ooh. about their history, and they gave us flashbacks, flashbacks, and flashbacks, and I loved it. I loved it because I feel like when you look back on the history of Catherine Chancellor, what is the biggest thing you see? Catherine versus Jill, and they highlighted that very well. Thank you, Young and the Restless. Yes, a oh little bit God. of praise and all. I'm, I did. I had to thank them yeah, for that. Yeah, it was good. It so, was good. Mel, before I go on to Jillian, uh, one thing about the first day. What did you think of Kane oh, rushing to decide? You had to go to Huff first. Damn it. I'm stuck. Go. Well, I was going to use it as a transition and then ask you. Oh. So, Mel. You know what, Luke? That nonsense. When I say I was so close to deleting the Young and the Restless off of my season pass from that nonsense, I mean it. Dear Young and the Restless, Kane is not Jill's son. She is not. No matter how much you try to make me believe it, no matter how much you make Kane try to care for Jill, I know better, okay? Kane rushing up and comforting Jill when her own son, Billy, is in the same scene. Fucking buggers. Flicking yeah. boogers. I'm like, what you doing? Making shadow puppets? What the fuck? Like, y'all gotta be kidding me with this nonsense. You just, you just do. I can't, I literally cannot with that. Cannot. Jillian, what did you think of the funeral? Postcards from Catherine and Man, how it all played out. It was terrible. I mean, Jess Walden brought it down. The first day, yes, I was salty as hell. And I thought, you know, fans was gonna be like, oh, Jillian. But, you know, shout out to our friend Roger Newcomb from We Love Subs. You know Roger is Mr. Perky, and let's be positive. When you know Roger throws shade and retweets it and chimes in for a good 20 minutes about Kane jumping in there and, you know, comforting Jill over Billy, you know you have a problem. Because when I saw that, because when she started crying and they panned the camera to Billy, I'm like, aw, they're going to have her boy comfort her. Kane did the Heisman on Lily's ass. She all <laughs> holding on to him. He was like, back up off me, bitch, and ran up there to grab Jill while Billy was catching <laughs> butterflies. And I was like, what the fuck? And I just lost it on Twitter. And people were just like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, you know, if you weren't going to use Billy, you should have used, I don't know, the boy that Catherine offered Jill $1 million to keep mm-hmm. as her own. Or better yet, the grandchild that Jill and Catherine wanted to team up and take away from Nina Webster's ass. You should have had that. If you would have had John Driscoll for a nanosecond, we all know Tom Beards wanted to come back. Hell, he sang a song to Jill about it. I'm like, for real? Are you serious? You know, and one person was like, well, you know, maybe it was a cost thing. You know, maybe it was, you know, too little, too late. I'm like, Rich. Wait a minute now. Jeannie Cooper, God rest her soul, closed her eyes back in May. This shit went down in September. I'm like, y'all need to follow Days's whole thing. Days had um Bill Horton on for like two minutes. We ain't never seen Bill Horton again. If you weren't going to bring them back because they cost or whatever, bring someone else to pitch hit. I can't. You know what, though? You can't defend Days on some of that because Days did the doggone, oh, Sarah is in the other room. You know, I would that, rather that, 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 that 
Jamie. No, no, no. Jamie, tell me, could you please tell me what um, Max's personal issues was? Yeah. What was he doing? Going to get a colonic? <laughs> yeah, but I would have been even more mad if they'd have been like, Mac is upstairs. She tired. That would have made me more mad. I would have been okay with that. Rather than, if, if, than Max saying uh, yeah, she's I not going to rather go. it's... I would rather them say they're in the other room than to come up <laughs> with a personal issues excuse. That was terrible. Mac got cramps, y'all. No, Max could have been easily, easily done because we know she has a history as a bleeding heart. It could have been Mac is in Darfur with the the orphans and she couldn't get a flight out in time for the service. Mm. I mean, that's what you do when you can't oh, shit. bring uh-uh. And back, but not. She has personal issues. Is I was like, is she, the, is she on the rag? I was like, what is going on? Uh-uh. I mean, if they were gonna do, you know, they said, oh, she visited Tucker. If it was a situation, I would have rather them say she was in the other room or Mac finally met Tucker. I don't know if she met Tucker. Matt, Mac, Tucker, and they spent time with Catherine. The end. Then, oh yeah, girl, it's that time of the month. You know, Mac ain't trying and to catch. The way no it was fight. written, it, it seemed like Mac couldn't be bothered because exactly. Jill was like, exactly. You know, me and her daddy reached out to her, and she was like, "Don't call him no more. I told y'all I'm having cramps now." Shape old and well, they, and there's enough different Macs that they could have been able to at least find one of them, even if uh, it was. First thing I asked, you know, I asked, you know, CBS when when Jeannie first died. That was the first person, you know, which, of course, who am I? But, you know, when they were talking about all these people, they were bringing back. The first thing I said, are you going to contact Ashley Bosch and Ms. McKenzie? Mm-hmm. And it looked like, I'm going to be honest, I, I felt like I was speaking Hebrew. Oh, I was like, really? Do, do you all not know the history of this show? I mean, that's the thing. CBS, Sony... Everyone was so upset with Maria's reign at this show, rightfully so, because we were all upset too, but that's all they're doing. They have no other recourse. It's like the Bible that they use to spin stories from is the Maria Arena Bell's Bible of the Young and the Restless. There was no need to get rid of her if all you were going to do is tell her stories even more poorly than she told them. Because you heard it here first, people. I'm sorry. James is condoning Maria Rita Bell. No, I'm not saying, I mean, Maria Rita Bell was horrible at the end of her run, but that's all they're spinning from. And when Ron and Frank took over General Hospital, and they get a lot of shit from fans too, there's no denying that. We don't feel exactly the same way that a lot of the GH, but a lot of the GH fans are just as mad as we are at YNR. Let's put yeah. that out. But the thing of it is, when Ron and Frank took over that show, you never saw Frank go in an interview and mention Jill Farron Phelps and what he was going to do differently than what she did. You never saw Ron say anything other than, I kind of didn't like that they killed Robin, you know, the the, the youngest part of the show. Wait, let me finish, Luke. And that is when he, you know, that's the only thing Ron was like, I didn't kind of like the way they did that, so I'm going to work on that. Josh Griffith gave interviews to Soap Opera Digest. Shading. I believe Michael Logan, I'm not sure. Shading. He He gave these interviews. To me, that's like a presidential election. You know, it's the same way, you know, and I love my president, but I'm going to use this as devil's advocate, but it's the same way some Republicans are like, Barack Obama going to have to quit blaming Bush for stuff. You know, when people say that, Josh Griffith blamed Maria, Maria, Maria. You know, I felt like I was watching Sound of Music with those interviews. Yet, what has he done for this show lately? I never thought I would miss such compelling storylines as 
the North by Northwest ripoff with Daniel and and Deacon and Amber. That was at least a story. It was a bad story, but it was a story. There is no storytelling on this show. The well, and before we get and before we get to the new head writers, yeah, the the Catherine Chancellor Memorial is to me it is the proof. In the pudding. It was terrible. We all... Maria's was better. That first day, I, you know, I was fine, because I watched it later than everybody else, and I'm watching, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm kind of enjoying it. We got a new park! All these people are tweeting me, like, wait till Jamie gets to the end, wait till... And I'm supposed to ruin it, because I was like, okay, this isn't... You know, I was thinking, I was trying to be positive. I'm like, oh... Okay. And what I tell you to do? These modern flashbacks, and you know, and Amber getting huge flashbacks. No flashbacks for people like Danny and Gina. Well, they did have one little tired Gina Roma flashback. No mention to the newer viewers. Hey, their uh, connection. Danny and Gina Roma are her stepkids. You know, none of that. Mm-hmm. You know, just all this. You know, Kane and and Kevin. And I love Kevin. I, I'm not going to diss Chloe because Chloe is her godchild. But she named come, after you know, Catherine. You know, but some of these people, I was like, and then when it got to that end, and I'm like, what part of this do you people don't get? I know that these YNR people are social media savvy, right up from CBS on down. They know that viewers do not like this BS with Kane as the heart of the Chancellor family. When they found out that Max Holden was conning Renee on One Life to Live and he wasn't really their son, they kept a close bond with them. But Renee never acted like Max was more of her son than Ben. That is what they do with the Young and the Restless. They act like Kane came out of Jill's cat, and Billy is just some stray that she found somewhere. That's stupid, and it pisses the fans off. It has pissed the fans off over and over again that Jess Walton has been back on this show forever, and all they write her as is Lauren's sister and Kane's surrogate mall figure who worries about Winnie and Nelson, his children. (laughs) I'm sick of it. People talk about the characters on GH, and I'm saying this because our fans do this whole, why do you guys praise GH and not what? Well, here's the deal. Half of the cast of GH is on recurring, but when Jeannie Francis is on the show, she plays with Lulu. She plays with Luke. She plays Scotty. with Scotty. She plays with the people Bobby. Nicholas connected to. When Frisco and Felicia or Mac and Felicia are on, they play with Maxie. They play with Lucy. They play with Kevin. Anna. She- Abbott has not had a scene with Jack Abbott in a year. It makes no sense. The first time they've had a conversation is him yelling out at Kay's funeral, which I thought was so tacky, by the way. All these people just jumped. Oh, out. it was Look, terrible. No, it was not, Luke. It was terrible. It Say doesn't it make any sense. You cannot... And when I asked about it, I was told, well, Jess is on recurring. Bullshit, I say. I'm tired of excuses with this show. Uh, Listen, Tracy Tracy Bregman was on recurring for how long? And she drove stories. She did so long. Sister Killer on recurring. Stop (laughs) giving me excuses, number one show in daytime, and fix this. You cannot have a memorial for, this is is a no-brainer for soaps. 
Sunset Beach and Passions could have memorialized the dead character and made everybody. And they and they and one of them would have had a talking doll and a, and the other would have had a turkey baster at the wedding. Crappiest of soaps can do this well. This is the young and the restless. It should have been two day. It should have been two months of excellence, not one day of horrible and one day of good, and or one day of so so really because it. it it's just unacceptable. Well, see, what they basically did is they made the first day so terrible that when you got to the second day, it, it was oh, good. I didn't like but that it, it, but it was enough. It was it was enough to make you feel better about the first day. It wasn't really necessarily a great day. The second day, writing book you read, and I've read a lot of dramatic writing books. I'm sure everybody, you know, a lot of soap fans are wannabe writers. But here's the deal: they talk about how it's a you break a dramatic rule. When everybody is talking about someone and they're not in the scene, they did that. The, they did that the other day. A whole episode about Summer, Victor and Jack. You know, two mega megalomaniac demigods. All they were doing is fussing over Summer. Victor don't even care about Summer. He didn't even care about that girl last month. And yeah, we wanted that beat played, but it's like there's no Abby is the damn. We've been told Abby is her mama. You know now Abby runs Jabot. You know, she's in charge of the cosmetics division at Jabot. All we ever see Abby doing is acting like a living Barbie doll come to life at at the coffee shop. Crimson Lights. This show is a mess. It is a fucking mess, and it is time it for is them. It is a time Jamie, mess. Before we go into the head writing change, I wanted to get you go around the circle real quick and get your guys' thoughts on Paul and Cricket's Insta wedding. What are your thoughts, Jamie? I was tweeting, and I was like, wait a minute. So Kate Chancellor, who I believe the love of her life was Rex Sterling, because Philip did her so dirty, he couldn't wait for that young snatch to move in the house (laughs) so he could get rid of Kate's drunk behind. But Rex, she's going to have... You know, she knows that Danny is going to be at her funeral. So she wants to... So Kay, in her infinite wisdom, spent her last days trying to help orchestrate that Cricket would, you know, embarrass embarrass her stepson at her funeral. No, I don't believe that. That did not ring true. That was dumb. Laura Lee Bell hasn't been on the show in months. They bring her back. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing this whole... It's like she's like their Bo Brady. You know, Bo Brady is like always, you know, yeah, he's Mom, over, you know, because supposedly Chris still lives in Genoa City. And I'm like, so wait, um, that was needed? I mean, as much as it irks me that Nick and Avery are wedding crazy, it would have made more sense story-wise to have them do it. Um I yeah, life was, is too short, babe. Let's get tacky. married. Yeah, it was it was tacky and stupid. I didn't understand any of that. I didn't understand. You know, I don't understand half of these people that Kay. So Nikki told Kay a thousand years ago that she had a baby. Wait, we're gonna get we're gonna get to that. I, um, it makes any sense? These letters and these like what? Who is she, Aaliyah, with these four page letters? Jillian, Jillian, what did you think of Fallen Cricket? I thought it was fucking terrible. What I say, the word of the day is terrible for that show. I'm like, so 
A funeral is where I'm gonna snatch. I mean, I'm like, a funeral is when I'm gonna someone gonna put a ring on it for me. Is that the aphrodisiac now? It's Forget oysters. Whole... That was just. Rigor mortis makes me romantic. Yes. Ooh, girl. I get what they're trying to do. No, I don't know, ma'am. No, well, ma'am. Well, explain. What? What? Okay. Why? What they doing? So this is what they're back. trying to do because it's the whole of every end there is a beginning thing. So we're celebrating exactly. It. We're celebrating the end of Catherine's you know, her life and everything. But let's try and make things better here and by starting a new beginnings with a marriage. I get where they were trying to go with it. Too bad it was Four turns into compost. They're going to grow but, Paul and yeah. Cricket's marriage out and of it. Paul and not Cricket and Danny? That was bullshit. I'm sorry. I get what you're saying. And at the funeral, that that's just stupid. That was just Jill nope. Farron Phelps saying, I want to showcase my new set. Mm-hmm. We know you like new sets, Jill. We remember that awful hospital from another world. We never got to see Brava Magazine anymore or Corey Publishing, but you had to give us a new now in her defense she did they did put together a nice one for general hospital what set did they put together for general hospital during the night shift era they so that they could use it for both shows big whoop i'm talking Um, about the fact that kay chancellor is dead and we get a new part in her in her uh, a park um in her honor you know this is she's a billionaire billionaires get libraries they get they get get, rename the hospital after her they get Catherine chancellor memorial hospital auditoriums at freaking universities warren buffett doesn't need a park in wisconsin You know, I said it. No. I said it on Twitter to you, and you and I have talked about this offline. Jill just ain't the one to do tributes, and you know, I'm oh, sorry, absolutely. but she had enough time. We kept hearing about the tribute. It got to a point where we we're like, "Damn, are they gonna air this shit or what?" It's big time September coming. This is what you took so long to do. Jill ain't the one to do tributes. When Shell Kelper, who played Amy Vining, died. We never heard from Amy at the end. We never got an acknowledgement. We just got a picture, you know, like, bye, boo. Well, and look what Jill did with the anniversary of General Hospital. You know, it was all, it was like an Another World flashback because I watched Another World when it was canceled. You know how you do that when your soap get canceled? You're like, oh, let me turn into this shit. It was like that era with that flashing shit at the end. Happy 30th of y'all. Bye, bitches. I was like, oh, whatever year it was. I'm like, are you serious? Like, she's not the one to do this. And I she doesn't this- have the emotional compass to be doing what she does. No. I hate to say that. It's oh. like she might be a great businesswoman in some respects. She might be. A- but she just doesn't have the emotional compass that well, to understand I- what makes daytime television. And what? I also blame Josh because I'm a cut for Jill here. Jill is not familiar with this show. At all. Oh, I'm not, not cutting for her for that. She's oh. get over a million dollars. You get no, 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 no. I'm just going to cut with this part. When she was doing this and came up with ideas, Josh, who's been in and out there, should have been the one to be like, oh, girl, look at here. Let me pull you to the so- corner, sister friend. You can't be doing no park for no K Chancellor. This is the chick who is synonymous of this show. Yes, we say Victor and Nikki are synonymous. No, but you heard who Tyler fucking Perry said his mama wanted That's to. That's why you can't so- spin a soap opera from sets. I don't care where it comes from. I don't care if it's from CBS or Sony. You cannot start. It starts with 
a story. It starts yeah. on the page. It can't come with, we have a budget for new sets, so let's tell a story based on that. The story has to drive everything. It has to be on the page first and that is not what is happening on this show it is not on the page first it's too many different hats i'm reading a book called deluxe because i'm working on a book set in the fashion industry and so i'm reading this book about how the luxury trade went from being so exclusive and elite to just being something you know manufactured in you know sweatshops and all the luster taken away from it and it keeps reiterating the fact that the moment that the Louis Vuittons and the Chanel's and all of these people sold out to corporate interests and it just became manufactured product line like GM, that's when we started seeing every little, you know, hood thug rat. or hood rat being able to wear Louis Vuitton as opposed to kings and queens and things like that. And as I'm reading it, I'm going, aha moment, because that's exactly what happened with daytime. <laughs> you know, Agnes Nixon and Bill Bell were akin to the people who created Louis Vuitton. Once they were out of the picture, it became corporations and pro- you know production lines and assembly line soap operas. And that it is just, where we are today. It just feels as though, you know, I'm going to let you do your transition thing, Luke. It just feels as though that Jill and the rest of them know, and Josh too when he was out there, it just felt as though they know that we got some turkeys, but let's see, you know, let's cover up the turkeys with some brand new sets and they won't notice. They'll be so fixated on this bright-ass Newman Ranch and this shit-ass park for K. And let's make every Shion of every major fictional corporation that Bill Bell created so well that we all believed that Newman and Jabot really existed. Let's make the Shions of those families now baristas and waiters because that is what billionaire boys want to grow up and be. That is what Lachlan Murdoch wants to do. He doesn't want to run Rupert Murdoch's empire one day. He wants to cut lemons at On the Boulevard. Mel, um, I want to get your thoughts on Cricket and Paul, but Jamie mentioned it starts on the page. One thing that started on the page and we're going to see play out this fall is Nikki's Secret. Please address Paul and Cricket and then Nikki's Secret and your thoughts. Victoria can talk that secret. That's why they got the clothing store. <laughs> Victoria's Secret. What? Uh, Paul and Cricket getting married was just, it was dumb. I, I have to call it like I see it here. I Like I said before, I get what they were trying to do to goo. For every end, there is a beginning. For a beginning, there's an end. I know, I get it, but... It, uh, the, the people you chose to get married, uh, I can take or leave in this case. I'm it was going the to execution. Yeah. In this case, I'm going to leave them. I don't really care one way or another. Like we say, Laura Lee Bell, I'm going to show up on this show every month or so, two, three months. It, it won't matter. Who cares? Um, and then the other part of the question, okay. Oh, Nikki's secret. So, apparently, over their long friendship, Catherine has told, no, Nikki has told Catherine a deep down dark secret. Catherine! She had a baby for God knows who. (laughs) For God knows who. And now we're just finding out about it. In 2013, when Nikki's children are grown and had their own families and all. And Mel. Luke, my baby. One of the things that I was wondering as I was watching this play out is 
how does this fit in the timeline? I mean, was she was a baby up. was a baby hanging from Nikki's tit <laughs> as she was humping a pole? Oh, man. My baby. <laughs> Shut up, baby! So That's all she's done. I love Melanie Thomas Scott. I never thought I'd see the day. Jillian and I talked about this. Yes. I never thought I'd see the day when I thought, damn, Maria Arena Bell did better by Melanie Thomas. And Lynn Marie Latham. All she's done since Kate. Lynn Marie took away her pearls, and now we got. Yeah, but Nikki <laughs> Now we got Nucci, Nikki clutching them. All she's done since this game started, you know, and, and her whole story. If you look back at like Vicky Wyndham when Mac died, and when Ada died on Another World, or even with the Buchanans when Asa died, we got all those powerful performances from Robert Woods. And that's just the time when you shine. All they've done for Nikki is have her sit. And Alan, not Alan. When Alan. Edwin and oh shit, um, Lila died too. Oh, I didn't want you to find my baby. She told Michael Logan in his interview, and I'm gonna remember this because when it comes out, when we all know who this damn child is, Nikki, I'm like, y'all trying to tell me my Nikki Newman game. That blind baby of Adam and Chelsea's know who the dad is. Let me get to what I'm saying. You know, I'm like, you trying to tell me Nikki had some 50-year-old mother, anyway, MacGyver wannabe, whatever. I'm like, it comes out, I'm going to reuse Jill's own words against her, because I'm like, you people need to stop giving interviews mm-hmm. if you don't want people to use your own words. When she's like, this is what the fans have been waiting for. I'm no, like, I haven't. you say, well. Well, and I my question is, so who do you guys, so is the daddy going to be Paul? Or is there any chance in hell it's going to be Jack? Because that would just kill Jack. Does it matter? We all know who the baby is going to be. Josh Morrow and Amelia Hiley said, don't you ever, not ever, ever say that Steve, uh, Steve older, that Steve younger than us. Get out of here. I don't know. It, you know, Nikki had a long history on this show before Victor. She was with one of Jill's brothers at one point, And, you know, she used to be in a cult with Paul when she was a teenager. And... Paul and Hug messed around and stirred up their little tutus, and one of them gave the other one VD. Look, Melody Thomas Scott says, "Well, that might explain it. Maybe he's the vi- this child is the virus that came out of that." Oh, look, that's just nasty and vainglorious. But no, um, I don't even know who the baby daddy gonna be. It doesn't make any sense historically. But I'm not gonna, you know, diss that totally because Kendall Hart. Didn't make sense historically for all my children. And we got the killer Sarah Michelle Gell out of that. The thing of it is, we don't have that kind of writer right now. So I'm not expecting there to be any great emotional mm-hmm. stories where Dylan is like, these mofos grew up in the lap of luxury and I grew up learning how to do every freaking trade at the trade school. It's not there. <laughs> I'm not expecting any of that. I'm expecting him sighing and her crying. I'm expecting him doing his patented... And then she'll do, I'm sorry I gave you I mean, that is what this show has become. Why do we have to to make Dylan a legacy character now? Because Because he's connected to Nicky Newman. Because he's been a flop. He has been a flop, and they have to figure out how to salvage it. Because because online fans hate it, but more than likely, Jill has her iconic focus groups. To tell her that this is a good thing. Similar storyline. I'm not going to lie. I'm not too bad here. But I tweeted a similar storyline where Lori Brooks 
came back to Genoa City and, you know, admitted that she had had Victor's child and didn't tell anybody. And then all of a sudden we have Dylan finding out that he was adopted and that those, you know, Ma and Pa Walton didn't really, you know, because they act like his parents were like the best. I'm like, they were probably secret sex swappers that were probably like spanking all the other women in the neighborhood as daddy because you know he always acts like how great his parents were they were but, so wholesome gee gosh yeah, well, but the thing about that is Lori brooks has been off the show for so that, what but at least she uh, well but what i'm saying is it would make sense for a character that's been off the show for a very long time to come back with the explanation of a secret child as opposed to nikki who has been on the show it, almost it, continually it would have given nikki a ton of story because mm-hmm. nikki was always wary of Lori Brooks even before she was wary of Ashley and if that would have meant that would have meant psychologically Nikki's thought all these years that she gave Victor his firstborn child and then there would be another child and then you have an alpha male we know how much Jill loves her males then we have Nicholas and Adam basically saying look we need to have a truce because we now we got up. an eloper coming in here and Victor wants to make him you know the the new, you know, king of Newman. And I mean, it, it would drive home the point. Sorry, not to cut you off. It would drive home the point that Lori Brooks was the only woman that got one over on Victor when she left him at the altar, didn't she? All that, you know, Eric screaming at, at um, you know, and Lori Lee Brooks was, I mean, Lori Brooks was the original femme fatale of this show. You know, you bring back Jamie Lynn Bauer. You don't even have to put her on contract. You bring her back for a month. You have Victor rage at her. How dare you keep a child from me? Blah! You know, and then you have this, you have Dylan finally viable. He's a Newman. He's, you know, been involved with. Nick's woman, you know, Adam is going to be wary of him. Victoria and Abby could be torn. I mean, that makes more sense than just making him Nikki's kid with some mystery daddy. It's like, what is that going to do dramatically? I mean, it's going to, Melody's going to be. Well, unless, unless he's Paul's, I mean. I mean, but but the thing about it is, Jamie, I mean, you're, the, the fact of the matter is Dylan is never going to be compelling until Steve Burton starts acting. Okay. I mean, you, he, you, you watch these scenes and his acting in these scenes is worse than watching paint dry. And that's own. saying something considering <laughs> the fact that he has a giant set to paint. You're on your own. No, you know, you're not on your own, Luke. He's a very mm. popular actor, but look, we daytime confidential. We keep it real. Mm. He has not, Steve has not done any favors in in helping to make this show popular i mean the ratings haven't even popular because all he does is his old sigh he does that same sigh he always did as jason i'm like but at least there was an excuse he had brain damage though we knew I, there was an excuse for it he had brain damage it's like you know and every time I, now. I see him talk about when I see him tweeting about his vacations and his scheduling and all this and that, this is a situation where Jill should be held accountable because Sony didn't tell her to do this. She sold them. She They sent her to the store for some milk, and she brought back some jumping beans because she told them, this guy is going to bring the ratings. He's going to be. He's so popular on General Hospital. Everybody used to fight. Those bloggers used to fight about who he gets to fuck. If we bring him here, it'll be amazeballs. I tell you this. I, no, trust me. It's worth flying him in, paying the money to fly him back and forth from Ooh, Tennessee. You just, does. you just gave some tea. I'm telling you, um, it just makes 
the it, it's smart business, and it hasn't been smart. He business. hasn't brought the well, ratings at it all. It hasn't been smart business. This is the equivalent of Rosie O'Donnell's talk show on OWN. Everybody thought, oh, it's Rosie. Everybody loves Rosie. She'll go back to being funny and nice, and oh, it'll just make own a hit. And 300,000 people were watching it. Just because. Well, and at least when Jensen Buchanan got flown places, you knew that she could act she when she got there. She deserved it. When my bitch. Exactly. Out, she knew at the end of that show, thinking, my girl Jensen Buchanan said she knew she was the only thing keeping another world floating. And when Proctor Gamble was like, we need you to come back. Well, bitch, y'all go fly me in a helicopter from Connecticut. I'm gonna say, I put the cut in it. You know, I just, <laughs> fly me from Connecticut. To but at least she, <laughs> but at least she was worth the big dollars you paid for her. One stunner on that show at the time, even though I love you, Vicky Wyndham. By that time, it was Jensen. You know, that's like Eileen Davidson. When I was reading between the lines about you know why she's leaving days, I'm like, okay. Y'all didn't want to give her what she was worth. Mm-hmm. They should have been flying Eileen Davidson from her house in the valley. <laughs> that show. Look, right now, they should be calling itself Days of Our Lives featuring Eileen, Eileen Davidson. Yeah. Well, Jamie. You got to know who your number one stunners are. And you it do just feels like Steve, Steve's character feels like, I said it on Twitter, I'm like... Don't y'all get a Bobby Reno vibe from this dude? Yeah. She does this all the time. Uh, That's what people don't understand. This is why we get so mad at Jill. Now, I don't like the people who call her. Now, yeah, I call her Jill Fair and fuck up, but that's just funny. But, you know, I'll, I don't tweet. <laughs> people, when people tweet me, like, really nasty, vicious, you know, nasty names for women and stuff, I don't believe in that because that's that's wrong to do that because she's just a person doing a job. I don't believe in all that kind of stuff. But there is a reason why fans have these feelings about this woman. It did not come in a vacuum because I see that a lot of time where people think, well, why does Jill get this? We know why she got it because the proof is in the pudding. She's done this at every show from the time she had Eden Capwell raped by her gyno to the time she left my Frankie frame with her eyes bugging oh out. Oh, my God. Maureen Bauer to decimate the quartermains. And it's always someone else's fault. But Jill keeps doing this. And she, and she keeps getting jobs. And she keeps getting... Mm-hmm. On what planet do you go from driving General Hospital's ratings into the toilet that they give you then the number one show because in between that you did a passable telenovela they're not going to give the people who did Homeboys in Outer Space the writers from at Grey's Anatomy next season they're not they're well, not going to give the, per- the person who did Emily Owens MD they're not going to give her why does this genre do it? Why are we the only ones that take the people who do homeboys in outer space and give them Downton Abbey? Jamie, what do you think of Gene Passanante and Shelley Altman taking over as co-head writers? Oh, Jesus. I've, you know, Gene got a bad rap because... A lot of the bad stuff that happened, I can't even talk. I said I wasn't gonna rage. It just oh, <laughs> shut up! You are lying. Look, every time I do it, I lose my powers. I don't think I have but one more left in me. But I think it's kind of like with Gene. Gene got a bad rap because Christopher Goutman and Barbara Bloom fancied themselves writers. So 
Gene was a worker bee who had to try to make lemons into limonada at World Turns. I'm not saying she's blameless there, but a lot of the the crap that she gets blamed for, uh, it, it was a huge, you know, corporate effort to fuck up as the world turns. But since then, I've loved what she brought to the table at One Life. I thought she brought balance and kind of centered it. And I've also loved her collaboration with Ron at GH. So, at One Life, she had someone holding her hand. You know, I... Well, yeah, and... She's had someone holding her hand at both of those. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. Well, she's going to have hand holding there. There is no longer... The only show where there is an... There is truly autonomy of vision is old and the beautiful these days. So, I mean, I'm gonna give. Gina I'm not gonna say. Look, I'm not gonna go. You know, I like Jean. I've I've grown. You know, I've definitely grown to like her over the years. I really love following her on Twitter because she's a big feminist and a liberal, and I love that. But um, <laughs> the thing of it is, she wouldn't have been my first choice. No, I mean, but. I want chaos and right, you know, since comment, I say this to Luke all the time. I'm sure he wants to cuss me out sometimes, but I love my, one of my phrases is since ain't common. Cause you know, everybody always talking about common sense, but I've learned over the years that since just ain't common. Sally Sussman Marino is not working. Kay Alden was recently released, according to Nelson Branco and Soap Opera Uncensored, was recently released from The Bold and the Beautiful. These women are Bill Bell's heirs, heiresses apparent. Kay Alden wrote for him for 30-some-odd years. She trained under him the same way he trained under Erna Phillips. Sally Sussman created the Abbott family on that show. She went on to create Generations, which was a short-lived game-changing show in terms of diversity, but it is also the show that made Bill Bell say, hmm, we better put some black people on here. So it's like, these two women are not working. Why not bring them back? Why bring, I mean, you know, and again, I'm not dissing Gene on this. You know, this Shelly Shelly Altman person, I'm, you know. She was around when another world got killed. (laughs) Just pop out. The world why again it's homeboys in outer space getting down to Abby. I'ma give Gene a chance, but when yeah. I read Shelly's bio, I was like, ooh girl, you was around when Carl was all I have a tuba in my brain. I got people who created the Whitney show on NBC. Let's let's give them NCIS. <laughs> let's do that because and they she- she was Shelly was ride or dying with who? Garen Wolf. Yep. I was like, oh, yep. girl. She might be a lovely person. I don't know Shelly. <laughs> Shelly, I know. You know, I don't know Shelly. I knew Shelly Curtis from uh, Days of Lies. But I don't know Shelly like that. But I just, I Shelley. just, oh, Shelly. This is Daytime well, number one soap. And now we're seeing it for years. Why not was immune to all this? Ring around the rosy writer's room stuff that all the other soaps do. You you can set your clock when, you know, a soap gets in trouble. They're going to snatch somebody from the, another writer's room or they're going to get somebody who's already been out there. I mean, it could have been McTavish. We better be happy. Yeah. But, yes. but it's like, it's like why not was immune from that for so long? And Bill Bell planned for that. That's why he trained 
the people he trained. That's why he had Kay Alden and Jack Smith. And then the network, Barbara Bloom's funky cat ass oh! <laughs> connived to get control of that show. And that is how CBS and Sony like really locked control of the show. Now, Barbara's gone, and I definitely feel that Angelica is... To say she's an improvement over Barbara Bloom is an understatement. But Angelica doesn't know soaps. She admittedly does not know soaps. She loves them now, and she is fighting for them, but she is not that network exec that knows soaps. And so this show, above all else, needs creators, creative people who know the young and the restless. You have to know the young and the restless because we, the fans, we know the young and the restless. So you can't just come in and use your Bible from your other soaps and pull out your storyline that you wrote on World Turns or or Porsche Faces Life or whatever show you came from and try to to incorporate that for Jack Abbott because that is not what works in this genre. You have to write character-driven storyline and character-driven, people are always talking about what is the difference in character-driven and plot-driven? It's based in the character. And to write character-driven storyline, especially for daytime television, then you have to know that character's history. You can't just come in, which is what so many of these shows do, and 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 take their take their old stuff from other shows and just plug it in. You just can't do that, and you really can't do that with YNR because it's the number one show in daytime. If it looks bad, the entire genre looks bad, and it looks bad right now. It looks let's, mighty let's, mighty bad, in the words of Sophia from Color Purple. It looks mighty bad, mighty let's, bad. Let's talk about something else that looks mighty bad. And that is the fact that Prospect Park has shelved one life to live, allegedly, over their lawsuit with all with ABC. Jamie, darlings, you know, Bullshit. you know that there was some asshole fake Prospect Park Twitter thing today. Yes, they were trolling you. Like, <laughs> see, someone from Prospect Park did just talk to me about something else. And so they were like, so happy to speak with you. So I'm thinking that was that person. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Come to find out this person isn't even a, you asshole. But, <laughs> you realize that now that you've brought that up, a whole bunch more people are going to try it. Who cares? You know, the worst ever, I'll tell you the worst ever that I ever fell for was when Rebecca, <laughs> Rebecca Herbst added me on Facebook. And I was like, oh my God, I'm such a big fan. This was in the beginning of DC. And then they wrote back, smiley face. And I was like, oh my God, this is Herbst. This is such a loser. Why do people do that? Anyway, so um, I say that to say, yeah, I felt that the same way I felt about that fake Twitter profile when I read that story. Because here we go again, red-headed stepchild on a web. First it was the red-headed stepchild of ABC Daytime. That's the red-headed stepchild on a web. Mm. But, I mean, I just wish they would tell the truth and shame the devil. Uh, anybody who looked at those ratings for the two shows on OWN, anybody that looked at... Um, Sensible soap fans. Anybody who looked at iTunes and everything, you know, AMC stayed pretty popular. One Life fell off. That's what the problem is. It's not that lawsuit. I'm sorry. Well, and, and who knew that Cole and Hope and were such yeah, vital characters to, you know, One Life to Live success. It's the basic rules of soap. 
all my children had great stories and one life didn't and so which one is coming back the one with great stories i mean and, and they don't even have the face to Lynn doesn't come back can we please get robert gory as um aj aj who Chandler. Oh, child, them actors look. If I was them actors on what I live, I would tell my agent <laughs> if Prospect Art calls, you tweet them a picture. No, not dancing with the stars. I didn't even bring up One Life to Live. I'm like, damn, you finally get a One Life to Live actor on there. And from High School Musical, I'm like, bitch, how long ago was High School Musical? You Give that boy shit. I ain't playing that boy. Famous for though. Wouldn't be putting my no. I'm I'm gonna cut for that boy's PR team. Hmm. Am I gonna put his biggest claim to fame ever or a newly shelved <laughs> online soap opera? I'm gonna put high school to the musical too. Look. Uh-oh. I'll be seeing, look, when Sally Struthers get arrested, it don't say General Hospitals, General Smith. I'm pretty sure ABC calls her and say, bitch, don't put that down. There's that hooker from all in the family. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's just common sense. You always go with your bigger gun. But no, with, I mean, the thing of it is, Prospect Park has had one disaster after another, and with One Life, they didn't have good stories. They did not have good stories. You know, they just, you know, I heard from many people who, you know, when they were applying for that show, that all they kept getting screamed at, allegedly, from Jeff was, we want edgy, we want edgy, we want edgy, we want edgy. You edgy know, and I? What the fuck? Edgy storytelling. You know, again, not starting with character, just starting with edgy, edgy, ripped from the headlines. So... You know, it's like so they again they bit they bended the characters to try to fit edgy. Let's okay, let's make Danny, uh, you know, Molly popping, nasty talking slut puppy. You know, let's make let's let's have uh, open marriages with characters that no one really has a connection okay. to. They had a closed marriage. I'm like, if if freaking uh, Bo Buchanan had proposed the open marriage to. To his, his what's her name? his night owl or whatever the yes. uh, what's her name Nora on the show that would have been intriguing but don't nobody care about Rama and Vamal you know Dorian was a cartoon the entire run I'm not yeah. blaming I don't know if that was Robin Spencer's oh. acting choice or whatever but Dorian was not the Dorian Lord who battled Vicky in the vault and fussed with her about who killed her father this Dorian was Hecuba she was Hecuba. I kept on Aldrin <laughs> show up. I mean, it was that was they, you know, it, it was what? not. It was what? one life. It was basically like this one life to live to me. Dina Higley. Saved by, no, I can't oh. even dial Dina like that. It mm. was saved by the bell, the new class. I mean, it was just that one's bad. It, it just wasn't enough. Whereas How all much? my children. After not having any good storylines for its last half a decade on the air, came back like gangbusters. They I mean, came back and they ended finished. with a great hook. Having Tad at the end in the shadows, but it was obviously Michael E. Knight's voice. I mean, was a great hook. They came, you know what? They came back because they had something to prove. When everybody was like, "Y'all mofo should have been canceled instead of One Life," they came back to prove a point, and they did it without. Everybody kept saying, "How are they going to survive without Susan Lucci?" They did it without Susan. Damn, 
Gucci. They were, well, and that's what well, makes the big. That's what makes the lawsuit so preposterous. No, and, and from, okay. All my children didn't have Susan Lucci, and they're making excuses because they didn't get well, Mike Easton. And well, it, you know, let me give y'all some tea. We're not let, there. Me, let me give y'all some tea. Now Not I've tea. heard that we have a reverse fraud situation over at the Prospect Park here. Now, when I say that, I mean you know how Franz was all over all my children when it was about to get cut, and one life to live. It was like Frank and Ron peeked out and was like, "Ain't nobody here. We can do what we want to do." And the show went gangbusters. I'm hearing that over at PP, a certain somebody is over one life to live, like. Franz was at all my children and all my children since they are like firing on all cylinders they don't need the supervision and that's why they are flourishing well well, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me in the least if the reason why what you're saying is what took place was because it got into a dick size contest prospect park decided that they wanted to have those characters they had made cut a deal with abc to let them borrow the characters and then when the actors didn't want to go necessarily go back Prospect Park found out that ABC had a bigger dick. I mean, it it, it yeah. makes no sense. But, and, and all of this, Prospect Park just sold another show to ABC, a primetime show. I, they I had Erica Slazak on The View. I mean, it's not like what they are saying. I mean, the stuff that's being put out there about by Prospect Park about what has transpired with these supposed characters and what they did to them. I mean, they killed off Hope, they killed off Cole, and they got rid of Taya's baby. All three of which are so oh, and spectacular. Tomas thing, don't remember, they essentially... Oh yeah, oh yeah, Tomas. By alluding that he was Alcazar. These people are all so spectacularly important to One Life to Live. See, Luke, if- you sound like a sensible soap fan because I've explained this to someone at nausea Regan and I were talking about it along with um, TV sources Ryan, the executive editor over there. And I'm like, you know, you need to think. And I said to them, I'm like, think about it. And Regan and Ryan, of course, got what I meant because they ain't stupid. But you I'm can't like, blame the, the fans. Are you know, you know, they're gonna they're gonna side with whoever they want because they no, get. But no, but I'm not, what I'm saying is that you know they kept saying, oh, they didn't want to give them the characters. They didn't want to give them the characters. I'm like, ABC gave them the characters, and Easton and Howarth and Alderson sabotage. I'm like, how did they sabotage That's it? That's all ridiculous BS. This show was on for over forty years. It the, it's success well, and, and not failures only, not were that, not predicated on three. People. That not, is- not only that, but if supposedly the alleged thing was, oh, well, ABC went and gave these actors contracts, how else are you going to get but them to appear on the show without a contract? Not only and that, Roger Hart had to sign off on that. All of this whole – the lawsuit is going to be proved baseless, in my opinion, because – they had to sign off on all of that. I know for a fact from my sources, they had to even get approval when they had that storyline where John McBain saved Port Charles by looking at Natalie's picture. Prospect Park had to approve that. Natalie! Okay. Now, if they no, were so stop. upset over the sto- over the deaths of Cole and Hope, which happened long before that, why would they have ever given G.H. Taya? If they if they were so upset and felt that it would damage the launch of One Life to Live, didn't they kill Cole and Hope the first week Star yes. was on the show? Yeah, yeah, that was the introduction to them. Yeah. They run it. They got ran off the road because someone shot out the tire. So they, why did they then go on months and months later 
It was almost a year. And why did them Taya? Why did they allow them to use Natalie for Blair. the Natalie? Uh, picture? Blair. It's not, and this is not picking sides. It's just bullshit. It's, come, it's like on a bullshit tip with that. This is why they wanted a scapegoat. They wanted a scapegoat in case one they, failed. Exactly. And, what told, and this is the rhetoric, though. ABC has been motherfuckers to the soap opera genre. Sorry, I, I know we're over our cuss limit, but there's no other way to say that. ABC killed two soaps in one year. So Prospect Park smartly uses them as big bad in this. Here's the Because thing. everybody's willing to believe that ABC is the one who's That's doing wrong. The ABC that canceled All My Children and One Life to Live is not the ABC daytime that we have now. That was Brian Franz working on the orders of what's her butt? Um, Ann Sweeney. Ann Sweeney. Vicky Dummer, who now runs ABC Daytime, is a fan of General Hospital and fought like heck and gave them an enormous budget for their 50th and is a proponent for this show. ABC Daytime, I know for a fact, according to my sources, realized the error of, of Brian Franz's ways you know, and Ann Sweeney's thing was, it's not profitable, fix it, make it profitable. Franz was like, well, I can get you two new shows cheaper. It's a situation where the new leadership at ABC Daytime realizes the errors of that and were planning to do something. You see how serialized dramas are so popular in primetime? It was already out there. TV Guide did a story about it. ABC was seriously considering bringing those shows back as primetime shows for the summertime. And then at the eleventh hour, at the ele- it was it was the eleventh hour and fifty ninth minute. Right, thank you for that. That's true. Park decides they want their rights back, and they put out this rhetoric that all along we've been trying. No, you had not. You gave a press release. You told Deadline Hollywood, the Hollywood Reporter, everybody else that you were not going to do these shows. You told them that. You told the entire media that. You cannot rewrite history. You told the whole entertainment industry, fans and all, that you were not going to do these shows. Then the creative team at GH decided, well, we want to keep One Life to Live alive. And their pitch was, if you ever do this, It'll make it more easier for you, which it did, because I can tell you right now, if they tried to bring, if Prospect Park or anybody tried to bring back Another World or Gotten Light, it's not going to be as easy to generate buzz for those projects, even though I, Jamie Giddens, love Another World. The fans moved on, you know, but because of the fact that Ron and Frank kept Landview alive, not only those characters, they kept people going back to Landview for stories, it made it easier for you to launch that show. You failed at it, and now you need someone to blame. And, and and it's not right. It's not right. They want to cut that licensing fee. They that's what it comes down to. Yes. that's what it comes down to. They they did not make as much money off of these soaps as they wanted to, and their their licensing fees. They're trying to figure out how not that's to pay. Oil it. salesman. Okay. I'm so sorry to say this because I've allegedly nice. No, that's my opinion. <laughs> I'm saying I'm I'm saying for myself. I'm I'm they're just snake oil salesmen. They just you know they're these two splashy shoddy guys who show up. You know, hey, we got something that'll cure you. You got scoliosis on the back. 
You want to take some of this elixir? You know, we poor, beat-down soap fans are like, yes! Well, but see, and that's what's so sad about it, is to see how these people are effectively manipulating the soap fan base that has been so traumatized by the cancellation of one soap after another, whether it's the ABC soaps, or it's the Procter & Gamble soaps, whether it's Passions. Soap, soap fans have endured, endured a lot, and so these people are like, we brought these back. And so what they basically are doing are manipulating these fans into believing that they're doing all this supposedly good stuff for these shows when it's they, him, it, when it's, it's they who are undercutting their very own project. You know what's so funny, though? It's, you know what's so funny? You know what's Go so ahead. funny? I was, I was gonna say is that you know some people are like, oh, you guys are biased to ABC. I'm like, where are we biased? We have called Franz out about everything. We, we, the- we called Cartini out about things. People just no, don't listen to podcasts. No, we've called Franz out about stuff. We've gone head up. We have gone buck on GH's old publicist. We have gone. We have blasted all of their business. We put their business out in the streets. So that goes to show you ABC ain't got no love for us. If they call, oh, shit, that's Luke Kerr. Hang that phone up on that bitch. <laughs> you know, whereas Prospect Park, who has invited us places, who have given us interviews and stuff, you would think we would be biased for them. We're just, if you take your blinders off and take all your hate out, of the equation for ABC and look at it from a clean state and look at the pros, look at the cons, look at everything that's, look at all the evidence out there. You would clearly see that Prospect Park is bullshitting people about these shows. They're not, but it, but that doesn't fit their, that does not fit certain fans' certain little we perceptions. Can't, we can't change the fans, you know, and I don't well, want to no, beat but up what on the fans. I'm, I'm, I'm not beating up fans, fans, but what I'm saying is uh, people, people will accuse DC whether uh, uh, regarding its whether it's YNR, whether it's General Hospital, whether it's one of these other soaps, and I'm going to just use General Hospital as an example because it's the one that comes up the most. People co- accuse us of being Cartini apologists. Well, though they may get that impression possibly because we're supportive of things that P- they Cartini does that they may not like because on the blog. But if if you've listened to the podcast where we go really in depth on things, everybody knows. That we have conflicting opinions, and that goes for every single soap, no matter where you're at. The thing with All My Children and why it's been successful, and I can see this, I think any true soap fan of those shows know it, Agnes was invested in that storytelling. All My Children is her baby. You can tell an Agnes Nixon story. You can smell the beautiful fragrance coming off of it from a mile away, and Cassandra's being sold, Sandra being sold into sex slavery, that is Agnes Nixon 101. Mm, it's timely, yeah. it's topical, it's amazing. I don't know, I don't know this for a fact, but I don't know if she had mu- as much to do with One Life to Live storytelling. One Life to Live with this secret society that tattoos people's feet and Vicky about to lose her massive $5 million fortune and the Pellegrino <laughs> fund and, you know, these oh. goofy guest stars, these riffraffs and people and the epic love story that was Cutter and Natalie. I mean, it didn't do anything that made me think it wanted a second season. Uh, and, you know, they fought so hard for those characters and you would hear them talk about John. And you would see Easton's picture. I don't even think they brought Star's name up 
was. And they treated the cast that they actually had like an afterthought. I mean, you can't, you know, you don't waste a whole season with Taya having no man in her life just so that you can play Trevor St. John for two weeks. You don't, you know, rebuild... I mean, you know, there's just there, there's they, more that they could have. They made talented. they made all that fuss over those three characters, and only Kevin one of them was Buchanan could have come back for mm-hmm. one of. Them. If they invested half the energy they do in releasing press releases and oh, take and a child dick size with ABC, we might have had good storylines. But, but Mel, you haven't had much room to say anything, so I'm going to let you talk about it. I was just saying, you know, they made all this fuss and carrying on and going on about these three characters that they had under contract now, and they want back, and this, that, the third, and the fourth. And the show airs for a whole season, and you only use one character? You only use Todd? And we get a picture of... of And it was bad, Todd, too, in terms of how they used him. You get a picture of Michael Easton, and I don't even know. Did they even... I can't remember if they talked about Star at all. Kristen Alderson did an interview with someone... And said that she was willing to come back for a minute to, like, transition the character and whatever. And so they could add someone else, I guess. You know, introduce the characters as an online venture. She said whenever she kept asking them, okay, guys, when do you want me to come back? Oh, we'll call you. We'll call you. She said weeks would roll around. Then month one. Then month two. And as the date rolled around for them to bring the show on the web, she never heard from them. So she was like, deuces. The only person who admitted, you know, I ain't doing that joint, was Michael Easton. And it wasn't because, oh, it's online. Michael Easton was like, I have a young family. He was like, I just uprooted them from New York to L.A. And I'm not about to do that again. And I'm just going to take this time out to spend time with my young family. I'm just not going to do it. It's not practical. That was the The thing of it is, and then we can wrap on this and just go to the next topic, because the situation of it all is you wasted the first year of One Life to Live's rebirth fighting for three characters. A soap opera is an ensemble production. This is a soap opera that has been on since 1968. You had hunky Buchanan boys out there. How many boy sons does Clint have? You know, you have Max Holden. You have Max Holden's children. You have Cord and Tina's children all out there who could have been cast and brought on to repopulate this show. The new 90210, everybody hated it. It lasted five years, but all they did is bring back uh, uh, Brenda Walsh, Donna and Kelly for a handful of episodes, mm-hmm. and that was that. And then they spun a new show. A lot of people, ha- like again, a lot of people hated it, but uh, I liked it, and it lasted five seasons, so they did something right. You know, you didn't have to have. You wasted. It's like you. It was tug of war, or no? It was like in the Bible when them two heifers was trying to fight over that baby, and yeah. the good Lord said, "I'm gonna cut this baby in half if you heifers don't quit fighting at me." You know, like, I'm in half. You know. You made it a didn't good... make any sense. It, the show was on 40 years. There was a ton of characters they could have brought back. You know, a... Ellen Holly's don't have no grandkids. They could have come to town. I mean, you know, enough. Because Taya, you said, bring Kevin to town. That would have played into history because Taya messed around with Kevin when she first came on and the so show. And so did Blair. Bring on Dan Gaultier. Put him in there and have Blair and Taya fighting over him as he tries to rebuild his mama's company or something. I mean, there was stuff they could have done. And they should have recast McBain and mm-hmm. had him and Natalie. I mean, because yeah. him, Natalie and Cutter, while I like just Josh Kelly, Natalie and Cutter did not cut it. How Let's many just... 
York area soap actors are out of work right now. I mean, yeah. you know. Grace McCoot is like, put me in, coach. Put me in. <laughs> let's just be real. I just think, I just think Prospect Park. Let's just be real. You know, people of not us. I'm just saying, people in general are dancing around it. Prospect Park wanted those. Not damn the characters. They wanted those three actors back. Yeah. I don't even think. I think this is a private fight between Prospect Park and ABC, and they're using it publicly, and they're yeah. using these characters as a smoking mirrors. I don't think I think they want, in my opinion they want the licensing fee slashed that they have to pay ABC so they're gonna, if you watch, do y'all watch the newsroom? Yes, I love that show right now on the news oh what is last night's episode? So good. When Sloan went in and defended the Republican guy by saying, "Listen, to be fair, he 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 goes and he, I laughed so hard. Yeah. He go he goes. She goes. To be fair, he accused the president of mass genocide. Look at all that bass in his voice, y'all. Okay. Check it out. That's- Sloan is my favorite character of the summer TV season. Oh. Sloan, but she's an idiot. I don't know how she could ever get on. T- well, yeah, I do. I watch Fox News. But anyway, so no, back to what my point is about the newsroom, not the storyline. We'll bring back Top Confidential so Luke can talk about that. But no, my point was there's a storyline on the newsroom about a lawsuit where the guy who who doctored the footage that made them air an erroneous story saying that the U.S. government used chemical warfare, which is so timely, uh, even though in real life it's not. But it's, you know, that storyline has this guy coming up with all these other BS factoids in this lawsuit when he's just trying to get paid. Mm -hmm. He's suing him for wrongful termination. That is what it feels like with this. You know, that whole initial statement they released in the Hollywood Reporter. I mean, I want, I mean, I actually want The Good Wife to do an episode about this, about soap operas suing each other about killing off characters. When every major character, I mean, they should bring, you know, if I was ABC, I would have video video footage of every return from the dead ever in soap opera. I would have Marlena on the docks. I would have Laura Spencer. Spencer. I would also use Victor coming back from the dead on their own freaking production. You would have Laura Spencer in the, you know, mayor's courtyard on General Hospital. I I wouldn't be on that jury because it's going to be a laugh riot. Uh, a free hotel stay, meals. If they get, get that the, far, that's, no, that's the record show. Listen, they are not trying to get this to a jury. They are trying to get this to a settlement, and that's what it comes down to. They are trying to get it so that their their licensing costs can be reduced. They, Disney just whooped Stan Lee's ass in court mm-hmm. over the Marvel characters, which everybody know he created the Marvel universe. Does Prospect Park really think? Mickey to the mouse is about to give up some ends to they ass because they killed off Brandon Buddy. <laughs> wait, wait, it wasn't even Brandon Buddy. It wasn't even the it, was, it, it was his fill in. even real cold. Shut the hell up. Let's go to Days of Our Lives. <laughs> yes, let's talk about Days of Our Lives. Um, yeah. Mel, uh, if Sarah Abram. Oh, okay. from Teen Mom, had actually 
been auditioning for Days of Our Lives. I know you're a Teen Mom fan. Would you have tuned in? Hell no. If I hated one character on that show, it was dumbass Farrah Abraham. Looking like a hard bark. So slow. She just Ah, yeah, she was cussing her mama out there. She got real fast. <laughs> now, you know what? She I'm should know. Mama caught show. her a couple of times. But, if, but here's my question. And, like, may, correct me if I'm wrong, but I watched the video where, that, where she's supposedly ad- auditioning. And it seemed to me that they were talking about Destiny as a possible oh, hooker. Oh, and the, oh, and Nala, it seemed to you? Of course that was Destiny from One Life to It was like, I'm, I'm, watch, I'm watching this, and, and I'm like, she doesn't even have the name of the soap right that she's supposedly auditioning for. They Well, you, you know, know, the, know, the casting director could have just given her... Given her a real dude. They could have just yeah. given her sides from any show to prove that she... How, but... How would Days of Our Lives get One Life to Live scripts, though? Lucas been that month! I got that script! We published that script on Daytime Confidential! It's the cast. The entire thing? It's the Public, yes, We published videos! All you have to do is go to YouTube and you can get... Hell, that's how I found out the whole plot of the New Dallas a year before it came out because somebody published the John Ross and, and Christopher sides. Oh, my Luke. You just live in this bubble. <laughs> I live in a wonderful world. I don't want to in there. I'm trying to we, get on that dome. Published those sides on. Farrah didn't have to even try to get those sides. We published yeah. them on. That's how we found out that they were going to plan to make Destiny, you know, a, a lady of the evening, which mm-hmm. they, I think, ruined that because they decided not to go there. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I actually... Well, I remember us publishing the fact that they were going to do that kind of stuff, but I didn't realize we had done the entire script. No, that's how we got it from the size. But Farrah, if she has an agent, they can get her all of that. Like, Luke, every every writer in daytime or primetime, either one that I know, can get the new script of a new pilot as soon as it's out. I mean, like, I have friends that send me stuff a year before it gets... But yeah, yeah. Sarah has an agent, you know. And I mean, the thing of it is, Days has has done off stuff before. They did hire uh, Osama bin Laden's mistress to write. Allegedly. (laughs) So, uh, well, my favorite, my favorite tweet came from. I'm not, I'm not sure which actor it was, but one of the actors tweeted, "The only Farah that should be coming to Days of Our Lives is Fab." I was like. But, you know, they also, you know, Tracy Lords uh, did porn, and then she went on the Melrose place. She put my Sydney in a cult. And, you know, who else? That boy, ooh, that big old penis guy. Uh, he's ooh. a porn star. The one, who Farrah, wow. the one who Farrah Abraham did her porn with is in that new Lindsay Lohan movie, The Cannons. The Canyons. <laughs> the Cannons. <laughs> For yeah, but, look at you fresh. She's trying to be, you know, I guess she said she done took it in the back door. She can get possessed by a devil on days. Yeah, I actually kind of wish she did go on days because Allison Sweeney would have let her know, bitch, you may be the team mom, but this here is my house. This is my house. And, and when we saw all of Sammy's kids this last week, it was like, yep, Sammy was a teen mom too. I wanted to be little Sierra all grown up because she already has the same level of, like, uh, delivery that that little girl has. Hope, hi, mom. You can't stop me from going and letting Theo take me in my back door. 
I mean, Jamie thought I Jamie. Was right now. What? I don't think they needed Ferris. I'm glad. I I would have said, I want her to be a sore ass Sierra. <laughs> Jamie, is JJ going to get sore assed in prison? <laughs> Bad Look, I'm going to write me some days fanfic. If E.L. James can do it, why not me? Well, I saw you on Twitter tweet something about the, the guy who protected. Um, Argus, yeah, Jr. Yeah. and my fanfic, JJ is gonna go to prison, and he's gonna be like, Vargas, oh, I got me another Horton. He's gonna <laughs> grab at his package. <laughs> I hear y'all have good donuts. <laughs> okay, moving right along. Ew. <laughs> and he likes donut holes. <laughs> um, I love them glazed. <laughs> You're 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 you're, you're way too into this, Jamie. Yeah, like Greenfield you... donut. No, 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 no. With sprinkles. If this was Maria, if Maria was still at one, I could see her talking this teen mom crap. What about but... I said, what about powdered? Powdered? Oh, oh, sugared. Oh Lord! Oh, day is so amazing right now. Um, I, listen, I, I I agree, Jamie, because one of the best things this last week on Days of Our Lives, and I haven't said this about Melissa Reeves in a long time, but when Jennifer ripped JJ in the was police station, was it, it not was fantastic? Now I didn't like that they had to bring Daniel in because, like. I do. I mean, Jennifer was sitting there ripping into JJ, ripping into JJ. The scenes were so amazing. They were still amazing. And Daniel walks in, and then all of a sudden, Jennifer has to be in his arms. No, no, no. I'm I'm not on that tip with you. Do I want Daniel and Jennifer as a couple? No. But Days has met. If if YNR managed to do this with Chelsea and Adam, I would not. I mean, not Chelsea and Adam. Chelsea and Dylan. I would not be complaining about them. Because, yes. Daniel and Jennifer, as I'm just saying, they've told a good story on days. You, I, I don't like Dana for the couple, but JJ's hatred for them has made a viable story out of this. I didn't deny that. And I just, they, I just, they, I, just was, I thought it, there, it, it, him and Abby arriving took away from this really intense scene. That's no, what it was for me. No way, because that kid was sitting there getting ripped by his mother, and then when he, when he, she's like, "Why? Why did you become this? Why?" And then when Daniel walks in and his face clouds over, and JJ says, "You want to know why? Him, him. So go to him." And he just yells, "And no, that was perfect." Yeah. Because you, 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 Luke, you grew up in Walton's world where you had <laughs> and the kids on the farm. I've been that kid with a step parent twice. Yeah. I feel when mommy, you know, and I love my stepfather, but I know what it is like when you're a teenager and mommy brings home a new guy that is going to be your surrogate parent. You know, it causes, this is the most yes. real days has ever done in terms of family dynamics you even if even if that guy is okay you don't see that when you're 16 because you're angry and you're growing pubic hair and you're mad at the world and you have pimples you can't get rid of and there's all these temptations and wait a minute you break some pot brownies on your mama i didn't bake no pot brownies Uh but Mm. did plenty 
Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, this is one of the most realistic teen stories in daytime. And Missy Reeves was fire. I don't care what kind of sandwich she liked to eat. I'm over it. The bitch is doing a good job on her show, so I'm fine. I mean, she is ripping him. This was good. This was, yeah, uh, it was good shit. So good. And then you have EJ and Sammy and that letter. Everybody wants that letter in life. Everybody deserves to have somebody write them a letter telling them how much they love them and how they're going to fight to get them off on a murder rap. <laughs> even if it involves, uh, even if it includes um, putting a hundred thousand dollars in a child's bank account after the that fact, they're going to get them off. True love. I want somebody to do that for me. In fact, I almost decided to go and and go to a hospital and see who I could save, <laughs> just so I could get arrested, so EJ could write me a letter. That was incredible. You know, Days is just doing it right. I never crochet. Oh, and let's talk a little bit about Kristen, her secret, and. Eric and Brady. Has it not been fantastic? It, 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 they're just playing all the beats right with Brady wanting Eric to uh, officiate the wedding. And Kristen's like, no! You know, she's like, I don't want my rape victim <laughs> officiate the wedding. I mean, it's just, this show is Stefano versus EJ. Where EJ, EJ realizes that Stefano knows that he planted the $100,000 and he and you know, Stefano have these confrontations where each one of them are not saying what they should be saying. Then you contrast that to what Y&R is doing with Victor and Adam, with, you know, 40-year-old Adam Newman running, Uncle Jack, Victor's going to find out. My dad's going to find out. It's like... Look at me, Adam, do it again. Do it Adam again. A Adam didn't need Jack. I mean, when Chris oh. Ingen- playing Adam, he was a little wimp who got manipulated. But by coming Jim. to the end, he was a badass. Michael Muni's Adam was a badass under yeah. Maria. You know, and now he's like, what am I gonna do, Uncle Jack? Daddy knows! You know, and then you have <laughs> Ethan on days. You're not going to get away with this, Father. I'm going to do whatever it takes in my power to rip you up. Oh, ha 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 ha, Elvis! The student wants to be the master. I will stick a rook. I will stick a rook from my chessboard up your ass, boy. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're uh, getting on days. And, I mean, it's like, who would have ever thought that the silly, goofy soaps like Days and Bold and the Beautiful would be doing soap operas so much better than Young and the rest? Chriselle Stouse is on Days too. What are you guys thinking of her? I, I you, know, you know, I love me some Chriselle. I want them to give Lucas a storyline, though. Lucas has not had... That's one of my gripes. I mean, give Brian Dottillo a story. This would be perfect Kate for... Out, yeah. For Kate to see some chemistry between uh, the physical therapist and Rafe and to put Lucas up to seducing her. Because I don't want, I don't want my rape messed with too much. I don't mind... I don't want, you know, of course, every soap has to have, you have to have conflict. So I, I definitely am happy that Chriselle will be an obstacle, but I don't want, I don't want to see, you know, Kate just having lunch with, with Maggie in, in two months. <laughs> you know, I'm glad Chriselle is on days. You know, I was rooting for her to come on B&B to oh, be Caroline. Geez. She would have killed so this good. Caroline. 
Oh, what up, man? It would have been like Maya, who girl, Maya, 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 get your ass out of here. But say la vie. But she gonna she gonna make it pop. She's going to, and for her to go up against Lauren Coslo. I loved it when her character went and um, like held up her hand to um, Kate and made her wait. It was fantastic because Kate's reaction was like, "Who do you think you are making me wait?" It's, fantastic. Yeah, Mel. Let's talk about Bold and the Beautiful. Fire! My summer show! I love this show. Okay, what are we talking about? Uh, let's talk about Liam, Hope, and Wyatt. Uh, because if I'm not mistaken, I saw a tweet Hope, of course, about, about Hope's little Hope, you trifling ass pussy behavior. I can't stand you. You know why? Because you like them two brothers fighting over you. You like that. You get off on that. And I do not appreciate it, you helper. I can't she deserves it. She deserves it. What did she deserve? You know what I liked about the storyline? It shows Liam what his bitch ass did. He was playing mm-hmm. step siblings against each other. For Liam to finally see what Steffi and Hope dealt with. So, yeah, I like it. I love it. It finally just now. Just dessert. Exactly. You know, Liam is all wishy washy. Still doesn't mean that Hope isn't hot in the ass. Uh uh-uh, uh. Hope ain't hunching on Steffi. Hope ain't hunching the two of them. She deserves it. Liam yeah. has the future for that pink sword of Wyatt. I'm glad because, you know, Liam can finally sit down and see, damn, this is what I did to both of those hoes, didn't I? But Hope to just get mad and be like, this is what you did to Stephanie. Yeah, but well, you know Hope, when Hope get mad, she gonna yell it out at him. When that girl get mad, she be fire, boy. I still like when she, oh, the other day when she yelled at Bill, when she found out that her mama and him were together, and she was like, you know, you know, what you do with just this, this is fine. But for you to take up with this man who gave, who brought my hat life to a living hell, I was like, girl, preach. When she, oh, she was fierce. Oh, this show. The that they had been missing, I was like, you know, the whole time, as much as I do love me some Brill, I kept thinking, okay, Brooke, you know this dude did all sorts of horrible stuff yeah. to your daughter. How are you able to be distracted by the stallion? But Hope brought that up, you know. And, and, I, and Jamie, what are you thinking of Brill and Katie? Oh, I love it. And I also love, speaking of them finally bringing up history, when Katie manipulatively told Wyatt her side of all of oh, Bill's when she brought up that he had messed with Steffi, too, I loved it. I'm like, because B&B is one of those shows. That's one thing that used to irk me about Brad and B&B. When he stopped a pairing, he acted like it didn't happen. Like, for the whole time that he was building Liam and Steffi, no one even mentioned that Bill and Steffi had been together. And I was like, why does Brad do this? That irks me, because it's yeah. like... It's almost like you're trying to tell the audience, okay, well, Liam and Stephanie, and so it was like it never happened. So for Hope to bring that back up, I'm like, please always do that, shows. Please always do that. Don't try to act like things didn't happen because we know – well, I take that back. You can act like things like So Long Sister Killer never happened. You can act like things like Cade being a champion. Well, it's it's sort of the reverse of what happened on General Hospital, as you pointed out on a previous podcast – 
Ron went back and used everything instead of yeah, some of the I, things that some of us would prefer they didn't, yeah. such as Frankenstein. Yeah, you know, which, I mean, you know, that's, I'm okay with him now because he has the right color hair, the brain tumor is out, he's fine again, and sexy with Laura Wright, so. General Hospital jumped a tumor this last week, and we're going to discuss that in a little bit. Yeah, I got that. But yeah, keep yeah, going yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a situation that the, their, B&B is like, getting it all together and it's not like a fluke like it used to be where you know brad always would have like a month where he did great stories and then it'd go back to you know jennifer garris honey on old people's butts but now it's been good for five or six months and it's like i can almost like pinch myself to say okay this isn't almost what Pinch myself. That's what I said. It, it's like a. It's like it's not a dream anymore. It's like okay, the B and B is good, and it's gonna stay good. It's like who knew? I I'm, love it. It's so good. I had oh. resolved myself to this being the show that was good long enough to get an Emmy nod, and then oh, it went yeah. back to being crazy all year long. And that's not the case anymore. I mean, they no. from Stephanie's death on B and B has been. It was a pivot point in their kick yeah. out. Yeah. 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 Like, my... I, guess I, got a, I guess some, you know, Brad was like, okay, my my number one stunner is done. You know, my go to to get that Emmy is like, I'm retired. I'm done. I'm finna go direct Crystal Chappelle's lesbian soap operas. I'm through. So he was like, okay, I'm losing my number one stunner. So I have to write the heck out of this show. And of course, he has one of the most gangbuster writing teams ever with Patrick Mulcahy, Michelle Valjean, and they are just, you know, Adam, uh, Adam, can you imagine if these people were in charge of YNR? They'd have to work with Jill. Bone the Beautiful feels like YNR to me. It just, it feels like YNR. There's corporate stories that make sense and I want to know more about, and there's cheating affairs going on, and the team said not bad. I like that. You brought up Patrick Mulcahy, Jamie. Now, we've all attributed Clink Boom to Guza, but you know that was Patrick Mulcahy that did that? Well, he wrote the script, but yeah, Guza was, was the head yeah, writer. Yeah, but we all thought that Guza was the mastermind. That was him. So can you imagine if he wrote some shit like that? Well, here? no, no, no. Guza was the head writer. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, but so no, it's, but it's I, not I, like, yeah, no, Patrick I'm was the script my, writer. You're missing my point. We, I'm saying how people attribute everything to Guza that Clink Boom is him, but that was actually Patrick. No, no, but well, my point is it's still Guza. There's nothing wrong in attributing that to Guza because well, he was the head writer of the show at the time. Never mind. But anyways, um, oh my god, the show, the only gripe I have about that show is you have someone as vivacious. Look, this is no shade against this man, so I don't want nobody from the AARP or the Grey Panthers to come at me because I'll send you back with shit the only gripe I have is you finally have Thorn out of that asbestos-ridden basement, that dank-ass basement. You have someone vivacious as Rena Sofa on there, and you gonna put her with Eric? Really? Come on, son. Get out of here with that. I guess she says she don't want to have to be going to Wells Fargo and asking for loads for her next jewelry line. She no. wants to get with her sugar daddy. You know, I'm just, that's the only gripe I have with that. And that's the only gripe. I'm like, that should be, you know, or you know what? Maybe they should have Thorne steal her from his daddy. 
That would when be I kidding. saw that spoiler, speaking, yeah, I was like, speaking of Ridge, didn't you suggest on Twitter that they should have Robert Kelker Kelly come back as Ridge and Hope arrive? I would, or not, oh, but um, Katie, I would love for for them to get all the way to to Brill's engagement party and for Brooke to be like, Katie, we would really like you to come, mm-hmm. and you know. And Katie be like, "What?" You know, and then she, at the end, yeah. and then at the end of it, she, you know, Heather Top cuts her eye and basically realizes she has the perfect plus one and shows up with Ridge, Robert Kelly, Kelly, oh. and be like, "What's the matter, Brooke? You said I could bring a plus one." I mean, to me, that would just be. Can well, you imagine that though? I've always thought, you know, I've to- told Jamie this. I would actually like Ridge to be lurking around town for him to be like to him to come to town and be like. Damn, Logan is with her brother-in-law? What the hell? That son of a bitch? He stole the company from us this that, and the third? Um, and for him to be like, you know, I'm done with Brooke and go to be like, I'm into Taylor now. But then he'd be like, ugh, she done spread eagle for my daddy, my play daddy. And for him to just be lurking around town and Katie runs into him. And for them to, to bond. And while he's staying with her, for them to like build like they sort of like dance around having a relationship but they don't and you know bill and brooke are all blissfully happy but bill knows something ain't right as phaedra parks would say from atlanta something in the buttermilk just ain't right for him to be like he's all down with you know brooke but he still has feelings for katie and for him to be like she something ain't right with this chick and katie is keeping hidden rich because he's just not ready to see them and for him to like Bust into that house one day because Katie is lying and said, I got to go home because my baby's sick. And for him to be like, that baby is sick. Katie lying. And for him to rush home and be like, Katie, why are you lying? And Brooke to be hot on his heels. And for them to see Ridge in their playing house with Katie. I think Brooke would have a heart attack. And for him to accident, for him to call Katie Logan, you know Brooke would be like, bitch, that's my nickname. Don't be calling her no Logan. Oh, Robert Kelly Kelly would be so epic. Or Peter Reckle. I was about to say Bergman, my bad. But, you know, our, you know, our friend Carly um, Jamie was like, I just don't see him in that role. He's too rugged. I'm like. Who, Peter Reckle? Yeah. I don't see Peter Reckle as Ricky. Like, Peter Reckle told me, he can tell me to tell y'all, he can wear a skull. You know? I'm That's like, true. He can. <laughs> now, let's, let's talk a little bit about General Hospital because a couple things happened this last week. Uh, it jumped a tumor by bringing Frankentods uh, to trial, and then they had Sonny kissing his corpse bride in his mind. What were your thoughts on General Hospital this last week? Can we just talk about the good stuff? Can we talk about Spadette? Well, we got to talk about the good and bad. No. Well, Luke, why don't you tell us what you think about it? Because everybody might not feel the same way. Well, no, I'm not, that's why I'm saying people don't have to feel the same way. Well, then you talk, damn shit. We flipping the script on you. Now, let's go. Hit it. Jamie, what were your what were your thoughts? Yeah, Luke, what were your thoughts? I have absolutely no problem with a soap opera revealing that a tuba is what caused someone to go crazy. It has been I've done a thousand times. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, when they first brought Franco back, it was terrible. It, as Jillian keeps saying, it was terrible. And I wrote a five things to do to fix Franco. They've done a lot of them. <laughs> Look, he done lost his daughter. That humanized him. That was on my list. I well, I said do something to her. Like, you know, I wanted her tied to a train trestle or something. But, you know, fix the hair. Roger Howarth has the best haircut he's had in 10 years. It's sexy. <laughs> it's cute. It's dark. 
you know, the brain tuba explains all the evil stuff. He and Laura Wright still have amazing chemistry. And I remember I also suggested backburnering him. He is not driving a bunch of story anymore. I'm good. They have chemistry. And if I could watch Carl Hutchins fall in love with Rachel Davis after he terrorized her entire family. I have I a can... tumor. Right here. <laughs> yeah, I you. you know, Carl had a tumor too. <laughs> I mean, Roger Holworth and Laura Wright are so sad that oh yeah they're absolutely I mean and this is a character Carly who has dated Sonny a mobster who has killed numerous people shot her in the head who was a hitman Alcazar an evil guns dealer who also was a an artist in Landview. We're selling you. We're selling you, General Hutchins. <laughs> um, I mean, Carly has all. Carly and Alexis have always had no respecter of penis when it comes to evil well, people. And one of the things that you're pointing out, though, is that Roger Howarth and Laura Wright still have amazing chemistry. Their characters do, which has not been the case between Kelly Monaco and Michael Easton I, as I'm Silas. I'm not on that page with you anymore either. As all the Sam and Silas fans on Twitter know, when he kissed her after baby Danny got cured of the baby cancers, I was too <laughs> I was too true. I am a card carrying. See, I things change for me as the story progresses. I'm not one of those people that it gets in my mind that I don't like it and then it just stays there. I'm just stuck on that. If the story gets better, I can go along with it. And the story has gotten better. Silas has been, tent- you know, when they brought him on, they were they trying to do goofy you glasses. He looked like Beaker. Ponytail. Yes. <laughs> ED is the ED is the essential uh, <laughs> thing there. Looked ED. He does not look like that anymore. He is not being an ass yeah. to Sam. Anymore. He is being amazing and tender to Sam. So I'm not going to get stuck on where I was when he first premiered, which I think happens a lot on this podcast. He. I know. I still think he's coming across as one dimensional. That's just me. Well, when that tongue of his one demented into. Uh, Sam's mouth. I was thinking, "Woo, hallelujah!" I think Frank got the memo when they tried to make it look like a different character with him wearing glasses and that yeah. friggin' ponytail. I guess Frank got the memo because you know you can't blame a show. We gripe so much about Dylan and nothing changes on YNR. We griped about Silas and Todd. They have put in the changed. work yeah. to make these characters better, and I think it's working. Yeah. I don't think. They jump no damn tumor. This is the same show that had a space alien come to town and had to help. You know, every has a brain tumor fix somebody. No, 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 no. That's not my gripe. My gripe was I was like when Diane to the Miller pulled that shit out and caught out. Yeah, that I was like, oh, hold up. I'm like, you family to Stacey Morasco, girl? I'm like the back of See, and that was that was my point. I mean, him having a tumor, you knew that was going to happen. But actually pulling it out of a bag in a court and then, like, literally blaming it on it, no, that to me was... No, it got I, the I, point across. No, like, I don't... The blaming it is not a problem. Her bringing it to court, well, I was like... Oh, that was hilarious. She got it from Brad. They played all the beats. She paid Brad, you know, the money. And on... And I watched an episode of Breaking Bad, critically acclaimed, amazing Breaking Bad, and they had a story where they had 
um, the FBI agent who's or the DEA agent who's trying to bring down the meth cooker. He had his former, his disgruntled meth cooking buddy take a picture in front of a fake brain to make another guy believe that they had shot his brains out. And then his wife found the brain in the garbage. It was like, honey, why is there a brain in our garbage? Now that is critically acclaimed and da 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 da. But they put a tuba in a jar on GH and we're discussing if they jumped a tuba. What is I, the difference? Right. I ain't got a problem with that boy having a tuba. I was I don't have a problem with him having a tuba. It was the only way they were gonna redeem him. Jump the tuba, jump the tuba. They did jump the tuber by bringing the tumor to the court. I didn't say all that. I just thought I was like, ooh. I just thought, ooh. I just had flashbacks to the past. What better way? Diane, I want Diane to be my lawyer if ever I... Uh-uh. Uh-uh. So if you hoeing around on somebody, you going to bring somebody cat to court? What is that? Uh-uh. What the hell? It's like she's going to bring an STD next. That was evidence. It was evidence. So would an STD report. An x-ray would be fine. That was my only thing. Exactly. My only thing was that. But the goodness of GH was when Patch, oh, Jason Thompson got another Emmy. Well, he got several coming up when he was demanding that big belly girl. Who's the father? Who's the father? Ah! And she finally was like, Brad, I was like, I was like, what? I'm so mad at Brad. I'm so mad at Brad because Brad was finally about to get him some chocolate booty. And doggone it if Patrick didn't show up and suck him in the face, cock blocking. Patrick and Brad were a highlight of this last week. Oh my I'm going to tell you, Bradford Anderson is doing the doggone thing, too. Oh, oh he absolutely and, is. You know, and, oh, Maxie, oh my gosh. Kirsten Storms is killing me. You know, oh, they've got to get that. And just imagine if this was the other Maxie. This Maxie's kicking that Maxie's butt. Let's leave that alone. Let's leave that alone for Twitter erupts into y'all some think craziness. Y'all think it's me and Jamie and Jillian. It's not. It's Luke and, and that baby has found her niche because I love her as nasty little Jeannie Donovan over there trying to get cracked with Jennifer. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything about her stuff on days. I'm just saying I'm very glad that this story is being told. She was not a good Maxie for me. I mean, she was okay. She was an okay substitute. But yes, if she was playing Maxie, we know that it would be, I'm going to get my baby back, Spinelli. There's not anything you can do to stop me. <laughs> But, you know, she's toned it down for days because she's not all over the top on days. I thought she'd be, I'm going to get you, my pretties. But yeah, she's, she's on now, so let it go. She's, but... You know, she's toned it down. But Kirsten Storms is doing the work oh. of her career. And who knew? I mean, you know, she's a great actress. But so many times, you know, I, when I read Bill Bell's autobiography uh, written by Michael Maloney, which I really, really enjoyed and recommend, um, he talked about how Bill Bell would write to what is going on in your personal life. And, you know, it kind of made it seem like it was almost a little like like the actors would be like, what the heck, Bill? Like if he knew you were going through some marital problems, next thing you know, <laughs> your character is having marital problems because he wanted to get that emotion from you. And I'm not saying that happened here, but we didn't know until – you know, well, Dirty Soap hipped us to the fact that she had that uh, Kirsten had endometriosis, but all this time she's been having fertility issues too, which can come with that. And 
so now when I look at this story and I'm like, oh my God, she has been doing the acting of her career as this woman, you know, making this decision to give her baby up and going through all these emotions of bonding with this baby. Who knew, you know, this whole time she's been dealing with fertility issues and now she's pregnant and it's just, it's beautiful. I mean, Kirsten Storms is doing a beautiful job, you know, and, and, you know, and the thing of it is, it's not, you know, you have to put yourself in that headspace because this is where, and this is how I hope at the end of this, because a lot of people are like, how can Maxie just not yell out? This is a woman whose mother and father for all intent and purposes abandoned her. She buried herself into selfish pursuits and shallow pursuits. You know, I want to be a fashionista. I'm glamorous. I'm this and that. But deep down, Maxie has a heart of gold and wants a family, but she didn't have a family. Yeah. Because her her own mother abandoned her for some she, penis twice. She didn't. She didn't have a good model of what a right. So is. she probably thinks I can't do this. I can't be the mother of this child. She Spinelli was always there forever, you know, as her backup plan. But then when she wanted him, he didn't want her anymore. So she probably thinks in her mind, and I do pray when this all is said and done, because I do need a scene where Felicia is like ripping her. Like, how could you do this? How could, and then she basically is like, you did it to me. Right. You know? Yes. And see, I think the maxi side of things makes absolute sense. And I think that Bradford Anderson has been doing knockdown drag out fantastic performances, but I'm having a really hard time with kind hearted Spinelli, who has been on the record as wanting kids going along with this. Well, Spinelli, based on his history, he doesn't have a good role model for family life too, does he not? No, he he has not had a good role model, but what I but when you but when you see how he has been with Sam's child, when you have seen how good hearted he is and how kind he is to even the most innocent or even the most terrible person, Spinelli is the type of and how badly he's wanted a kid for me personally, for me personally, I'm like you just asked your own question. He just walked out and, and basically said that he was going to force Maxie to live with her lie. Well, I was just, like, what the hell is going on? You just answered your own question. Kind-hearted Spinelli. Spinelli mm-hmm. knows how hard it was for Lulu to have a baby. Well, let me finish. Spinelli knows how hard it was for Lulu and Dante to have a baby. So now he's just like, you know... He, he doesn't. That, he, he, and now, and if that was all, if that was all that, if that was the angle that they were going at, that I mean, I could sort of get that. But my, when he went and said that to Maxie, I was like, "This is vengeful." He deserves to be vengeful. She lied yes. to him about his child, yes. and I would expect for him when he, we know that he wants a child. But he deserves to be a little vengeful to Maxie. Yeah. Maxie put that boy through the fire. She always treated him like you're I'm not you're okay to screw, but I really want to go get with me a cute doctor. And then this, and he's also in shock. He's been I'm, lied to by two I'm, of the most important women. You don't always, if soap operas had everybody make the right choice in situations like this, they would have let, they, the genre would have been over in 19, it started in 37. If everybody made the right choices, it, the genre would have been over in 38. I understand that, and I understand that he has the right to be vengeful against Maxie. What I'm saying is, I don't think that he would let his child be the device to get well, he's on But this is not exactly this is not like he's had a night to sleep on this. Mm-hmm. This is 
this man trying is he's reeling from finding out number one that the girl he thought was the anti-maxi who didn't play games who was just like except for you know um call of duty in terms of games you know the girl who was probably just like him you know the geeky girl who's just like him he finds out that she also is a liar and a manipulator and she kept this huge secret from him then he has to process the fact that this baby that Maxie just had is his. Then he has to process the fact that Maxie almost died. This woman who who still means the world to him. He almost, she almost died. He wasn't even gonna get a chance to confront her. Then he has to deal with the, you know, learning that you're a father is a process. He's having to process the fact that he is a father. That he has created life on this earth that his best friends believe is their child, and Maxie lied to him before he can even get that conversation out with Maxie, in rushes Lulu and Dante, believing it's their child. There is no textbook of what Spinelli should have done or what he should have said. There's yeah. no there's no textbook that says he should have immediately claimed that baby right then, because who knows what kind of mindset he was in after processing all of that. What were you going to say, Mel? I was saying, you know... Love is a strange thing, and it's a crazy thing. And the person I think Smelly loves the most is Maxie. So him finding out that the woman he loves the most in the world has your child now, but she was going to give it away and not tell you? I mean, that's a whole other level of something yeah. that I don't even know if I could comprehend. So him saying, it's I don't think it's Smelly wanting to abandon his child. It's kind of like, well, if this person that I love the most was going to give my child away and not tell me and almost it feels like that she doesn't care, then why should I? And yeah, maybe it's kind of, like, it's like that. Maybe he feels like the baby would be better off. Yeah, I mean, because Maxie, as much as we love Maxie and Maxie's our little heroine, you know, and of course I think Maxie is going through some kind of major emotional crisis, yeah, obviously, but it's a situation where if this woman was that selfish to plant well not you know and she sees it as being selfless because i mean mm-hmm. we have to remember maxi went through a trauma too when she miscarried their baby so i mean he's looking at it like maybe this baby is better off if the mother could give it up you know dante and yeah. Lulu this baby and there's a lot of beats that are yeah that because yeah because I think with Spinelli's mind frame now, Spinelli is just like, I know Maxie could be selfish and a bitch, but for her to just give up our child like it's a Prada bag like and not that. Even tell me. And not, not even, even tell me. Tell me. Like, and knowing that I want kids. Oh, hell no. So, you know, it's this is a lot for Spinelli's gifted mind. It's probably on overload right now. I don't think Spinelli is like, okay, girl, you get it. You could give it up, and I'm going to give a Call of Duty game to them, too, so they could play from their Uncle Spinelli. Bye, well, girl. you got to remember, what? Spinelli does have some kind of, you know, cognitive issue. I mean, they've, they've never, yeah. they've danced they've around it. it. Guza yeah. definitely, I mean, it's not, I think know, he, he hinted always, that it like, might be Asperger's, yeah. Yeah, he's like a fully functioning Asperger's or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's not, he doesn't have the emotional wheelhouse that the average man, he doesn't have what Patrick has, where Patrick can be like, bitch, you've been lying about me about this baby? Yeah, yeah. Spinelli so, wouldn't do which, that. Which, that, that, that baby, I don't know how many bowling balls she has in there, but she was It's huge. so funny because Kelly Thibault is so thin and so beautiful, but yeah, they have her looking like Barney. I was like, when she was just purple. Don't give birth already, please. I, Jesus. Like, I love well, they did, they did this they did today. Oh, uh, we're a happy family. It's, 
impregnated for 10 years, girl. I'm like, good God. But when pa- I loved it. Like, when Jason Thompson's Patrick was just like, you know, you had me invested in this child. You made me fall in love with this child, with Emma it. He just went buck on and that. I love the confrontation between Sabrina and her. I know Luke didn't like it. <laughs> I do not see Sabrina as the same, because she's not. This is another character that they took notes on. If Sabrina yeah. came in there with them ugly glasses, with cartoon deers and um, cartoon deer and, and, and um, birds Bird. flying around her head and little dwarves singing we're off to see the wizard, but that's not how they're writing the character anymore. And They're still writing her as the perfect oh, person. They're not writing her like they did. They're not writing her like that. You get stuck in your view of these characters. She no, they, they are still writing her as the perfect saint, which is why today they had her deliver Bridget's baby. Uh, well, I guess that's why they had Leslie Weber deliver her rival's baby, Monica, during but the thing is, there's, that, that right there, that rivalry isn't even a good one. Bridge versus Sabrina is a lame rivalry. That, well, yeah, fine. It's not the greatest rivalry, but it's not like that character. You cannot, with a straight face, say that that character is still being written the same. And you cannot say with a straight face that Sabrina can walk into Windermere and say that she is going to, like throw down with Brit it'd be something that Sabrina would actually have a chance. Nobody's saying wasn't... that, though. Nobody what said that, she, though. I said that she thinks she's as bad no. as... No. Sabrina Nobody doesn't have diabolical evil money. But she, no, but Sabrina walked in and basically said, uh, I mean, that she was going to throw down with Britch. And it's like, this is laughable watching Nobody this. said that, though. You make it seem like we think that she could go buck. That isn't about can she. Most rivalries in soaps are not equally matched. But the, the fact that she used to be cartoonish does, has nothing that, of course she would go and confront this woman. This woman has made her life a living hell. So, of course, she would go and confront her at this time. That if she wouldn't, it would be bad soap opera. If she, Let's talk about if it was a situation where they had her like the old school Sabrina. If she came up to her goofy glasses, Brent, I think what you did was totally wrong. I hate you and run away. Oh, then I'd be like, oh hell no. Nah. If no. you didn't know the history of that character and you just so, tuned into that soap, it would just look like two women who had been fighting over the same man arguing. And I felt like Sabrina told her the truth and held her own. Yeah, she's not as, you know, strong of a character as Brit. She also isn't the child of two diabolical supervillains. But she went over there and was like, bitch, you have manipulated my man all these months. You've been playing these games. And she told her how it was to the point that her water broke all over Windermere. Let's talk about another character on General Hospital. Uh, They have recast the character of Taylor Dubois. And this is going to, forgive me in advance, because I'm probably going to mispronounce the the name wrong. Pepe Sanuga is now taking over for Samantha Logan, who is filming other projects at the moment. So Felix will be getting a new face for a sister. Is she temporary or what? It seems to be permanent. Oh, hell. It seemed like they just vamped like it. I, I like yeah, Samantha. I like, yeah, but yeah, it seemed like they vamping it up. Cause I mean, yeah, I guess they want to vamp it up to show the girl, to show Molly, bitch. Um, TJ gonna have a real woman. You could go write your fantasies with that stupid Rafe. Let's. I want Molly to write about her mama hoeing around in that car 
with Julian Jerome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I thought Alexis saw the bulge. The boobs. The boobs saw the bulge. <laughs> Yeah, and sitting pretty, boy. She was like, hey, the girls are here. Boy. Look, he, his, his boys were sitting pretty, too. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Mel, mm-hmm. what did you think of uh, Alexis and Julian's scenes this week? I love them. They are sexy. And it's about time Alexis got her some good loving from a fine man, so I'm not mad. Hey, I like it. Stop for a minute. See, I think that they could be the show's next super couple. I put that on Twitter and someone tweeted back, well, that would mean they would have to have a compelling story. or The show would have to be writing compelling couples on the show. And I was like, well, let me think about that. There are not actually a lot of compelling couples, so maybe they wouldn't be, but... It was, I, I think there are compelling couples. Sam, no, I think I think Alexis, I think Alexis and Julian have the potential to. But I guess when I think of compelling couples, whether or not you liked one of the pairings or the others, there were huge fan bases invested in liaison or J Sam, and I don't see that on this General Hospital where you have giant fan bases duking it out. Well, that's also a good thing because the ratings were not that great. Yeah, that was great for blogs like ours, but the ratings are up now that Guza and and Jill Farron Phelps aren't predicating the show on two couples because so that what is I'm, what GH, so I'm, I'm, it's an I'm ensemble soap opera. Jamie, I am not I am not saying that it, the but show it, needs it, it, it on compelling people. couples. I, I, I'm saying I'm what I'm saying is they don't have rootable couples. Is that what you're trying to say? No. Oh. I first of all I want to back up and say one thing in response to Jamie's comment. I'm not saying that General Hospital needs to be based on liaison versus JSAM. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you look at what's going on in General Hospital, AJ and Elizabeth just sort of meander. This thing with Nicholas and Bridge, as much as I think that they have potential, is just sort of meandering. There's potential with Alexis and and Julian, but it's sort of in the very early stages. You have the Silas and um, Sam stuff, which you guys are enjoying, I'm not as invested in it. That could p- potentially pay off. You have Sam and or Patrick and Sabrina. These couples are all just sort of there and they're doing stuff, but it's not like I'm tuning but in. But GH is not doing. It's, it's not writing to super couples anymore. The super couple era, as much as we all loved it, it's over. And GH is writing ensemble storylines. They're not just writing to couples. The the same people who are wishing for that, they can, well, no, let me rebuttal. They are they are not doing that. I mean, because you basically said a fan said this, and you're basically agreeing with it. This is not what the show is doing anymore. What they used to get hugely critiqued for under Guza was only writing for Jason and whoever he was fucking, and Sonny and whoever he was fucking. Now they're telling ensemble stories. Alexis and... Julian have the potential to be a couple, but that's not just what they will be. She is still Sam's mother. He is still Sam's secret father. He is still trying to reclaim the Julian Jerome dynasty away from Sonny. He still has his schemes with Ava. You know, Silas has issues with Ava, and he's building a chemistry with Sam. There, It's not... Just I'm, couples, I'm, so it's not just. I'm not. I'm not saying that the show has to be based on couples. But for example, if if Roger Howarth was no longer, it was not Franco, and it was actually Todd and and Carly. When Todd and Carly were Todd and Carly, I would tune in because I wanted to see what was happening with Todd and Carly. When I tune in now for um, 
Spinelli and Maxi. Now there's a compelling couple for me. I'm tuning in because I want to see Spixie. Those they're but they're in storylines that are very compelling storylines and are Spixie is in a very compelling storyline, so I'm wanting to see them. But the other couples other than Spixie. So are you saying that there aren't any romance on the show? Like, I'm, well, that might be part of it. I There's guess, not yeah. enough romance. I guess that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying that the, the, the show has to be centered around couples. I'm just saying it doesn't seem like we're seeing a lot of romance? actual couple it, romance. Yeah, say it, say it. yeah I, get, I get what you're saying now. Because, yeah, I guess you weren't articulating well. But when you get to the meat and potatoes of it, I get what you're saying. It's not a lot of romance there. It's just a lot of angst. I get what you're saying. You know, you have some romance pockets here. And, well, shit, you, you really – I guess Kiki and Mike. <laughs> I'm trying to think, but I'm like, Kiki and – even Kiki – Yeah. Sam yeah. and Silas are hella yeah. romantic. But that's not they're, necessarily they're romantic. Okay. They're hot, they're not, but they're not yeah. – They're not – I get I, I, I get what you mean. Romantic. I definitely found that kiss romantic. Um I guess it's one aspect, but I guess he's saying they need more romance in the show. I mean, they can't do all the heavy lifting, you know. I, no, I'm, that, you know, there's not a lot of. You yeah, know, I get you. I get you. A lot of, you know, but GH really hadn't had a lot of romance in a long time. I mean, I guess. I guess what I think about with GH is when, when there, there was Nick. even even when things were really bad under Guza and. Jill Farron Phelps, there was always somebody, some couple that you were tuning into because you felt a connection to them because of their story or the romance that they were going through. Yeah, Scrubs. And I, the only, the, yeah, Scrubs, I mean, various other ones. For that, me, that, that... Sabrina have romantic scenes all the time. You don't like that couple. No, but... what? But, but have I'm, romantic scenes. They just had a huge kiss. You don't like that couple. Uh, no. Nick I, and Britt are at the beginning of a romance. Well, they he can't, can't do that with... Yeah, can't and he can't be picking her flowers while she's got eight months full of another man's baby oh, in her baby. What, what's going on with AJ and... What's going on with AJ and their, Elizabeth? Elizabeth their romance fell apart because he told her that she was the reason that, their chi- that yeah. her child died. I mean... I, you but know. there's a. What I'm saying is, there's a lot of it's, couples on this show that are falling apart, and there's not a lot. Of work. I miss that. Why are you telling yeah, that? Because he was, he was drunk, drunk and angry, and he told her, "Bitch, you're the reason your kid is dead." Yeah. I mean, so I understand that she doesn't want to listen to. Umbrella about AJ right this second, but she did show up for him at court. That's romantic. Even after all he had done. She showed up there for him. I don't think that's romantic. I just think that's you feeling sorry for his drunk ass. I think they're. I think. That, I mean, there's angst. Romance is not just them being together and kissing and hugging. I mean, there's angst in romance. I mean, Twilight. There's a lot of angst. Oh, I will more than agree that there's a lot of angst on General Hospital. Uh, freaking Twilight. If the girl got penetrated by the guy, she would die. And so there was tons of, and you know, that angst fueled the box office to a bill. I mean, it's not just people sitting around kissing and hugging and and dry humping. I mean, I'm not expecting them to be sitting around kissing and hugging. I'm just saying it. it have it, a it little just... romance in there. I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, just a little. The romance between Nick and Britt. It's in the beginning stages. And just like every couple I mean, beginning yeah. of time. I mean, how long did it take Luke and Laura to eat? Well, let's forget about the rape on the floor. But how long did that romance take before? It I mean, a- the, 
but we but we have we have other couples that are on the show like felicia and mac we have well tony geary when he comes back we have wonderful scenes between um jane elliott's tracy and luke now granted they're not in technically in a relationship but they have so much history that the scenes whether they're intended to or not come across as a romantic connection yeah lulu and dante are romantic i mean what are your thoughts? Wait, 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 wait. Let's pause here you for a second. Like what, you don't like Dante Lulu and Lulu? Because Dante. people on Twitter are always telling me I hate Lante, and I'm like, I actually sort of like them. I liked them before they decided they wanted to be some smug SOBs about that baby. But... <laughs> what did what, you say, Mel? I said I liked them before they decided they wanted to be some smug SOBs about that baby. When yeah, Dante they were. told Maxie that he was going to cut Maxie out of that baby's life, I was too thrilled. Maxie should have jumped up, saw belly and on, and be like, bitch, you ain't taking my baby, you Because, Nicole, that's the thing part about it is that ain't even y'all's baby. And you y'all need a home before you can come and raise They don't baby. know that it's not their baby. Well, you should have jumped up and be like, well, okay, you know. <laughs> and so, wait, wait, wait. You guys all just gave me a hard time about my feelings about uh, Spinelli, and now you're saying that Maxie should have jumped up and slapped him because of Lante. Uh, that's that's like the same know. thing. No, that's different. That's actually different. That's actually different. That's different. You're I feel you, Luke, because I don't understand that either. <laughs> you don't even know that's their baby. So if her child is no different than my desire for Spinelli to be jumping up and claiming. Actually, it is. You said you cannot believe Spinelli would do that because of kind hearted. We're just saying, we're just playing um, Monday Night Quarterback and saying Maxie should jump up and tell Dante with his jacked hair, you get away from my baby. Bitch. There's there's very it's little difference well, there. Know, I gotta go with Luke on that one because y'all want Maxie to do it. He wants Spinelli. It's pretty no, much the no, same. No. Spinelli, he cannot believe Spinelli is just like, whoa! My problem with them is their treatment of Maxie. Because they're just like, oh, okay, thanks for the baby. Okay, thanks, bye. That's pretty much how they're like with her. But in their defense, don't you think that someone, if they are seeing the surrogate mother of their child who is wanting to name it Dorothy, it's not like they got her off the street and was like, hey, can you have a baby? Stretching your cat out back, girl. Right. It wasn't just their concern. Lante's concern no, about Max is the fact that she's too invested and they was running into problems. Lante, okay, this my thing with them because I was a little angry with them too. If if they're just treating her like their friend who is a surrogate, they're kind of being assholey. They should yep. be going, um, Maxie, you yep. might need to get a little yep. therapy. Yep. Because you're getting a little too attached. They're kind of being a little assholey with the whole, we going to make you get out of our baby's life. You out of her life, and you can't see yeah, her. I, no. po- I get the point. But I can see why they're a little freaked out, because they're, you know, they're wondering, why are we trying to pop your titty in our baby? Listen, there, there are, there are real-life cases every single day where you'll have people who've adopted their ch- child and thought it was everything was fine, and then the parents come back to get it. Imagine, imagine what would happen if the person is already displaying... Um, See, I, tendencies prior to it being born. We no, get both sides, but they're not. 
as Maxie, they don't know, they don't know Maxie's biological connection to this baby. They believe no, I know. that it's their fertilized egg and sperm. So, you know, this isn't like an adoption or the type of surgery. No, what, they what I, I, it's their biological child. I understand that. I understand that. My only point was there are a lot of real life instances where you'll have a, um, adoptive parents lose their children or you'll have, right. because someone comes back or you'll have surrogates who don't want to give up the child after it's born. What? I mean, I, private I, practice had that amazing storyline about the, 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 the woman who carried the child to term and then didn't want to give it up and she had to give it back. I get both I mean, sides. I get what you're saying, Luke. Like, you know, it, I get what both sides say. I get what Mel's saying. I mean, Matt, Lulu, that's your girl. She carried that child for nine months. Like, have a little compassion. But at the same time, they're like, look, we're trying to be compassionate, but this bitch is, like, trying to breastfeed and play double dutch with our kid. Like, what the fuck? You know, I get what you're saying. I get both sides. Like, they're not having compassion at all to try to, like, help Maxie and see what the, what the problem is. I'm like, you know, Dante, you suck as a cop, you punk. That's why I'm so bad at prosecuting. Oh. Like, John McBain would have been like, I see why she try to play hand or rock the cradle with your baby because it's hers. But they're not being a little supportive. Like when, as the due date arrived, kept approaching, and Maxie kept getting, you know, invested with this baby. It was like Lulu wasn't trying to like help her or wean her off. She was like, "A oh, bitch, you remember this our baby, right?" Like. You get what I'm saying? Like, they're not being compassionate, but exactly. I see why they're like, get away from here. It's kind of, Lante is kind of, kind of salty. They're kind of salty. They're kind of well, salty. It's no a, comp- you know, it makes for a compelling story because everybody has something that they want out of this equation and that they're not getting because everybody doesn't know what's going on. I mean, it's a, it's a quite the twist of the usual. Cause I really thought, I'm going to be honest. I thought they were going to go cliche. I thought Maxie and Britt would give birth in, at the same time and the babies would get switched and Maxie and Spinelli's kid would die, but that would be the, you know, I thought it would be that same old thing. Uh. I thought that we would be the same old, same old that we always see. And then three or four months down the road, you know, after Lante is broken up, then we find out that baby is really theirs. And ah, What's going to be interesting to see is. So I'm glad that they have, you know. Well, you know what? What's going to be interesting to see what happens is if Brad ends up becoming the hero in this situation so that he can prove the child isn't his, which I don't know how they're not going to prove that when they realize it's not Asian. But Brad's going to be like, Dante, this is your child. Spinelli and Maxie, this is your child. And then he's going to be the the fairy godfather of them both. What he's going to do, he's going to tell the truth and shame the devil so that he can get Felix bent over him. But you know, he's going to be the fairy godfather of them both. What I thought about, though, I thought about when Robin comes back and Nicholas is with that girl. Like, I hope they do play this beat. Like, you know, let's just say what? That could be epic. No, I hope they do play this beat where, you know, um, Let's just say, for example, you find out that this girl had, you know, Nicholas is very a wild card. And when I say that, I mean, you could do some dirt to Nicholas' family. And sometimes Nicholas will want to bankrupt your ass. And other times Nicholas will be like, well, you know, her mom did this to her, so cut her some slack. So I'm just hoping the beat that they play, if Nicholas decides to 
still have Brits back or not. I hope they do play this beat where, like, let me finish. Well, I do hope they play the beat with Robin, that Robin was his oldest and bestest friend, and that Robin also blew up some lies when she told um, Nicholas that Lil Spencer was actually his and not Jax's. You know what I mean? It's going to be fantastic to see Robert, or Robin and Nicholas with their connection, and then Britch being... And her parents having been so involved in her kidnapping. Yeah, and the him, potential Nicholas for that... being there for her or, or identifying with her makes sense because he's had to wrestle with his dark side being born a Cassidyne. And so, but yeah, see, I, uh, but see, my thing about Nicholas, Nicholas is one of my all time favorite General Hospital characters, but I'm sort of getting to the point with him being like the princely prince that it's like with no other with helena gone stefan nowhere to be seen and stavros that was his doing because they wanted him back i mean to me it's like i'm ready i'm ready for a story i'm ready for nicholas to go through like a nine-month storyline where he he's trying his best but for whatever the reason he starts to embrace the darker sides of his cassadine side because i just don't see how princely Nicholas is, I mean, we've been watching this for how long? Come on, let's move him a little bit more in the oh. to the dark side so we can have someone mm-hmm. who is mm-hmm. m- maybe doing bad things in Port Charles, that, but maybe for the right, maybe he's doing bad things for the right reasons. That would be out of character, number one. And number mm-hmm. two, they've always solidified uh, that he has his mother's heart. He's Laura's is- heart. And the thing of it is, they tried that. Remember when he was being all assy to Elizabeth about that stupid baby? Because no one cares about any child like of Elizabeth's a... but Jake. But, you know, I was like, yeah. I didn't like it when he was trying to be but, all nasty about that baby. Yeah, they've, they've, they've cemented in the history books. That's one thing that Helena hated about Nicholas. Is he that has she... his mother's heart, yeah. I would love for this. Is, this is how I would love for this to play out. I would love for him to build, be building a life with Brit and for Liz to continue to be like, she's done all these awful things. And for him to just be like, continue, shut up, Liz. You're supporting a murderer, you know. And then I want Liz to be the one to put two and two together that that baby is really Dante and Lulu's. And I want, by that time, though, I want him to have had a huge wedding with Brit and for her to be prancing around like the queen of the Cassidines and for her to basically be telling Liz, I am Mrs. Cassidine now. You will respect me as the princess of this. And then I would have Liz stumble upon at the hospital that that baby that Nicholas is now adopting and about to raise with Brit is really his sister's. And then I would have him deciding to leave Port Charles with Brit They're getting, you know, they're heading to the airport. They're leaving on the launch to go to the airport because he's going to take her to Greece because no one will ever accept them. And they're leaving with this baby that Elizabeth finds out is truly Lulu and Dante's. And then everybody races to the airport to stop Nicholas and Britt from leaving the country with Lante's baby. So you don't think that him knowing that, because that's sort of what I was in, I mean, not that specific story, but him doing the something wrong for the right reason because he's wanting but to no, I don't want baby. him to know. He wouldn't do that to his sister. He would, he not, would do not do that to Lulu because out of all the, the and it's been cemented again, sister. sir. Right, it's yeah. been cemented in history, sir, that the sibling that he's the closest with is he's Lulu. Different. 
And that would, but then, and that's the thing. He accepts what Britt did for the right, you know, accepts why she did what she did. But when he finds out that that baby is his sister's, then we see him become enraged on Brit and then there you have Nicholas and Elizabeth because Elizabeth is the one that told him the truth and then Nicholas can finally be with Elizabeth don't you think that he could spiral out of control and go to a dark place <laughs> after finding that yeah, Brit has yeah, you know him? and yeah and, and the middle and then they do the war of the roses where he he unleashes want for Nick I just want him to spiral out of control embrace some of his dark side because he's having he's in a really dark place about what happened I just want Nick to have a little bit that more great more sense what Jamie said for him to just be dark and shit over something that would you know a storyline that took like nine months I didn't want it to be instantaneous I wanted want him to embrace his dark side it's already been cemented. him finding out him finding out that this woman that he falls in love with has stolen his sister's baby would definitely be enough to trigger I mean and there's all of these things he could do I mean if he marries Brit you know Nicholas owns a huge stake in the hospital if she has him that cuckolded I mean he could waltz into the GH board and announced that Monica is being retired and that Britt is the new chief of staff. And then imagine the looks on Felix and Patrick and everyone's faces. If Nicholas that is, uses that is fantastic power, stuff. If, that he, if Nicholas uses his power base at GH and that thank you. Jamie, what well, you you are describing what I was sort of hoping for him. I want him to be a powerful Kazadine that can end up in a dark I place. I actually That's like for him is basically awesome. like I am princess of the Kazadines and I am now also the chief of staff at you know, I've been, you know, I wrote a fanfic forever ago about basically with Carly because I wanted Jax to buy GH and for Car- because I always thought now this is when Robin was still on the show. Robin and Carly hate each other for 20 years. I thought it would have been epic for Jax to announce to everyone that he has bought GH and that Carly is the new CEO of the hospital. And for Robin at the time to be chief of staff and be like, what the fuck? You know, I think that would be great to have a a power struggle with, and especially with Brit because she's the doctor in, you know, and Monica, let's be face. I mean, Monica needs to be the matriarch of the show. She needs to, Monica should be chairman of the board of directors, but she should not still be chief of staff. Monica needs to show up. If tomorrow's episodes and uh, Tuesday's episode is uh, preview is any indication, Monica needs to show up and throw Todd's ass out or Franco's yeah, ass out. Because the preview for Tuesday's episode has Franco throwing Ava out of quote his house, but the thing of it is, they really need. If Nicholas uses his power base to make that girl, to make Brit the the chief of staff at that hospital, then Patrick, Robin, everyone there is going to be working for her. It's Melrose Place. Remember, after Amanda Woodward had done all of her evil shit to Billy and Allison, and they thought they were done with her, at the end of that season. They see that bitch at their apartment complex, and they're like, Amanda, what are you doing here? Oh, my daddy just bought the building. And you were like, what the fuck? You couldn't wait until the next year. Well, you know, I would actually like for Nicholas to actually, you know, when he finds out what Brit's done, I would like for him to, like, want to destroy that girl. Like, for him to be like, no, I mean, for him to, like, waltz in that hospital and have a board meeting and be like, I want her fired. And for Monica to be like, bitch, please, I do the hire and the fire now. And for Nicholas to be like, well, I'm going to cut your funding off then. He needs to marry her because Brit needs to be 
powerful. Brent, it needs to be the War of the Roses. When he does find out what has happened, I also would love this for Y&R. I would love when Adam goes after Chelsea instead of her being such a wimp. I want her to be the conniving super cow that she was when she first came on and be like, oh, I mean, this is what I want. I want Adam to get Leslie to switch to Y&R for a second. I want him to tell Leslie, I want my child. I want you to destroy her. And then I want Billy at Jabot because Billy is best friends now with with Jason Quartermain on the show. I want (laughs) to tell Chelsea, oh, and by the way, there's a morals clause in your contract for Jabot Fashions. This bad publicity that you have brought by stealing this, by lying to this man about this baby, we're terminating your job. So I want Chelsea to then sue Jabot. And fight Adam for custody and become this bitch goddess. Remember when Diane, remember when Victor married Diane Jenkins and then he ended up divorcing her so he could marry Nikki on her deathbed? And Diane became so enraged that she teamed with Jack and Brad and Michael to destroy Victor and help the Adamants get back Jabot? That is what they need to do with Chelsea. Chelsea needs to, you know... The domino effect needs to be she loses this baby. I mean, you know, she loses um, Dylan, Dillweed, and Adam comes for her. Dildum. Yeah, Adam comes for her, you know, for that baby. You know, he's got, Adam has Leslie on his side. Chelsea gets Michael Baldwin on her side. And, you know, because Michael always works best when he has a crazy bitch, whether it be Diane or Phyllis that he's representing. Lauren hates the fact that Michael is representing Chelsea because Michael always falls for these crazy women that he represents. And Chelsea goes on the offensive. She becomes the same bitch who raped Billy and Minamar. She decides, oh, so the Abbots want to fire me because of this? So she sues Jabot. She tries everything she can to keep Adam away from her kid. And at the same time, she decides, oh, Billy, since you went to your family and got me you lost me my job. I'm taking, I'm going to court to reestablish my paternity rights for Johnny. So, And see, what you're suggesting there, one of the things that I watched, watching Kay's funeral this last week and all those um, flashbacks of Jill versus Kay, it really made me realize how few epic rivalries we have like that in soaps today. And what you're suggesting could totally set the groundwork like for a new generation on YNR. The soaps, that's why I like Brit because she is a bitch goddess. That's why I love days because they're full of bitch goddesses. Bring back the archetype of the Erica Kane, Rachel Corey, bitch goddess. These soaps, we love to hate them. We need the Amanda Woodwards. We need the Erica Kanes. We need these women who, when they are backed into a corner, they don't cry and pray to God and do all these things. They come out with a vengeance. And they Melissa can do that. Mm-hmm. Kelly Sabode already proves she can do that. I mean, you make her, you make Brit an epic bitch goddess, ruling that hospital with an iron fist, telling Epiphany, you will not speak to me like that. I am your boss. You know, telling making Sabrina... Put her on permanent bedpan duty. I mean, you know, there is so much shit she could do at that hospital. Taking Patrick off surgeries that he wants to be on because she feels a new rock star hunky surgeon is better. They could bring back one of the, I mean, it could be, you know, that Weber, I mean, not that Weber, the the Black Hardy, Tommy Hardy could come. Or maybe Britt with, you know, maybe Britt is like, 
you know, there's some huge conflict that Patrick is having with Dr. John McBain. And Britt is like, I'm siding with Dr. Silas on this. You know, and Patrick being like, you're just using our personal history. And she's like, that is all. Yep. Doctor. Well, and not only that, but I was thinking about it. You know, <laughs> pardon me. So they could be epic. Just make her a bitch, guy. Well, you know, I was going to say the the one other person on General Hospital right now who is so ready to be a bitch goddess. We just have to have the story is Ava Ooh. because she's already a bitch hey, goddess. Yes, if I was going to figure out have, how we can have Mora West as bitch goddess on General Hospital. She already is, sir. She is. I know, but uh, if, what what I'm saying is, if we would get her in a storyline like something that Jamie just suggested, since he said that more soaps need bitch goddesses, if we have Britch as a bitch goddess and we have Ava as a bitch goddess, I'm not worried. I'm not going to complain about that on one soap. Well, there you go. We already got that with her, boy. And, oh, especially if Ava had, you know, I mean, I don't know how they would do this, considering Ava cuckolded you. No, let me finish. No, I'm saying, I don't know how they would do this. My idea would be for Tracy to have her under her tutelage, because Tracy was the A1 number one bitch goddess on that show. But. Ava done cuckold Tracy. You know when you pull one over on Tracy, Tracy don't never forget. So unless they find a way for Tracy to be like, I'll forgive. And for her to like put her under her tutelage to like screw people over. Oh shit. They would be the the way they can do that easily with Ava though is with Morgan. If they pair Ava and Morgan and use that as a way to establish her as this huge manipulator and Morgan falls for her and then she's possibly also with Sonny at the same time. If she if they were to write a triangle where father and son were sleeping with the same lady and she I'd, didn't. They, oh. I'd like for Ava to go after Scotty. I would like for her and her brother, who have, you know, inappropriate sexual chemistry, to be looking at yes. the poor Charles newspaper and basically going, hmm, this Scotty Baldwin really seems like he's going to make a successful. Oh. Oh, and I would have her go after Scotty because she's like, if I'm fucking the DA, then there's no way in hell. He's going to be, I'll have, if she, you know, she's a mobster. At the end of the day, they're mobsters. And if she is, you know, she could start off with, well, you know, I understand that the, the, the Dominique Taubes family had quite the impressive art collection. And, you know, she's trying to help Scotty collect a few new pieces for his art collection. And then she worms her way into his bed because she is, and, you know, Lucy and Laura are both like, what the heck is going on here? And, and she is, yeah, and she, well, and she's sleeping. <laughs> she's sleep, you know, sleeping with Scotty because she wants to be the DA's wife. Because if you remember in GH history, remember Tracy's husband, who was the DA, he was crooked and connected to the mob. Yeah. So Scotty doesn't even know that Ava Jerome is only playing him, but he's enjoying the fact that his ex-wives are all up in arms about it. Meanwhile, you have his daughter come home. Hello, Daddy. You know, who is the heiress to the Tob fortune. It is like, who is this woman? And then you have Serena Baldwin hate Kiki. So, you know, here Ava is trying to create this new house of cards like she tried to do with Franco or the Quartermain. She's trying to become the DA's wife, and she is trying to set up, you know, you know, a power base in Port Charles through the DA's office. And then, plus she wants to get her hands on some of the Tob fortune. And then Serena comes back, and she is like, who the hell is this bitch? You, you know, and she's like wanting, trying to manipulate Lucy. And she also hates Kevin. So she's always, she's like, I don't need you to shrink me, 
dock, you know, because she wants Lucy and Kevin. Like, she's trying to put – Serena's manipulative and trying to put Lucy and Scotty back together. And she also hates Kiki because she sets her sights on Morgan, too. Tracy, meanwhile, starts manipulating Morgan – I mean, Michael – to be with uh, Serena. No, Tracy and AJ, who are teamed up, in my opinion, by this point, because I think they should be teaming up against the interlopers. They look at it, and they see maybe Serena, maybe Dominique had a block of EOQ. I mean, they played so fast with Port Charles, with EOQ. Yeah, shit. Rena has a block of stock in ELQ. Or maybe the Tobs own a company that ELQ is trying well, to Well, you acquire. know, the Tobs did go back with the Q, so. Yeah, so maybe the Tobs own a company that both AJ and Tracy are trying to acquire for ELQ. So they're basically putting Michael and Dylan, you know, up to trying to seduce Serena. So that, you know, both boys are like, both, you know, AJ is telling Michael, you got to get at that Serena, son. You know, and Tracy is doing the same thing to Dylan. I bought the rights to your new documentary film, and if you want this film to ever see the light of day, you're going to marry that Baldwin girl so we can get our hands on the top fortune, because we need that cash for ELQ. And then, you know, you have this rivalry between Kiki and Serena. You know, you cast a great young Serena, um, I don't even think it has to be a blonde like the other one. I'd go with the little girl that played Langston on One Life to Live. She, or you know, or the girl that played Liberty on As the World Turns. There that little uh, I, there you go. Uh, well, I was gonna say Kelly Missile, and, considering the fact that One Life to Live. Yeah, well, she's a little too. Well, I guess she'd be a little young, but well, with Michael, like, she doesn't oh, look any younger than Star. They just had her fucking Paolo Sagante, so I guess it would. You know, yeah, get Kelly Massal and make Serena this look. Because Serena grew up, like, what? Wasn't her mother, like, a billionaire? So she was a billionaire, yeah. So she has to be a little bitch goddess. You know, and she comes in and is like, Kiki, is that a real name? That's what I think. It would be, it would be like, basically, re- remember how the naked heiress was introduced on The Young and the Restless, and it was supposed to be this Paris Hilton, and then it sort of flopped after starting out sort of okay? Yeah, Lord, front, it, what, don't we miss it now, though? <laughs> but, uh, oh, amen. But what I'm saying is what you're suggesting is Serena coming in as a no, Paris Hilton. I wanted to be a Paris Hilton. That type we of already thing. had that with Christina. No. No, yeah. no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if you're bringing her in as a very empowered girl right. who's going to that, be manipulated. Hilton, though, that's Iv- I want her to be Ivanka Trump. I want her to come in and tell Ava, I see you have your sights set on my family fortune. You think you're the first? No. I've ran off more bitches than you, and I will run you off too. And she is like Ivanka Trump. Her entire life she's been groomed to take over the top fortune, and then she sees this you know, gold-digging interloper. And then you have Mara West facing off with a little teen Mara West, basically. And then you have Lucy facing off with Mara West because she's protective of her daughter. I mean... It would be epic. God, that would be so good. I just want Tracy. I just want Jade Elliott and Mara West to still team up, like their characters to team up, because you know Tracy need a road dog. Is there any way it, it, it possible? Considering Nikki had Dildum off the off screen, is there any way possible that Ava's really it. Tracy? No, shut up. No. Shut up. I'm joking. I need to bring back Tracy's progeny. She needs to have Dylan and Brooklyn. Tracy needs to bring them back to play. Because if it's all about the next generation, you know, 
she needs to be pitting Dylan and Brooklyn against Michael for the the crown of ELQ. And for her, you know what? For her to tell Brooklyn, perfect. For her to tell Brooklyn, for Brooklyn to come back and be like, "Hey, Granny," and she'd be like, "Look here, little girl, don't you come with this Granny crap." You know, I bought your, I you know, I bought a stake in your record label, and I funded your tour. And bitch, you owe me. And for her to be like, "What do you want?" And and same for- thing with Dylan. She could have done that to her. And with Dylan, Dylan has just sold the rights to this amazing, you know, documentary about Robert Gorey. You know. And then he yeah. finds out that she has bought the rights to Dylan's production company. Oh, and he, Robert Gorey is Dylan, and Kelly Missile as oh, uh, Josh as Kelly Brooks. as Dylan. Josh Kelly as Dylan. Because I want when Maxie and Lulu to see him, I want them to go, damn. You know, Kelly Missile Brooklyn because you're de-aging her. So no. No, Kelly Masa Brooklyn needs to be the same little girl that used to be Brooklyn. Hey, hey, oh, I would love her to come back. In Leon, and then she, you know, she's like, you know, Dante is all crushed about the, this baby madness and everything, and Brooklyn is right there. That's already historical. Brooklyn, you know, Carly brought Brooklyn. And Dante. Yeah, Carly brought Brooklyn back to bust up Lante. So you bring her back now, and you put Adrian Leon up against Emmy Rylan. Over, you know, over Dante, uh, you know, and then you just, you have Dylan there, uh, Dylan and Lulu, you know, d- d- I would love for Brooklyn and I would love for Brooklyn and her uncle Dylan to do cruel intentions for Brooklyn to be like, you still have a thing for Lulu. And he's like, no, I don't. Yeah, you do. And I still want Dante. Let's make it happen. So Tracy's scheming progeny decides to destroy Lante's marriage. You know what? Peter Porte can play oh. Dylan Quartermain. I could yep. see that. But I, oh, that would be good. There I like you go. Dylan being pretty Aryan and blonde. and I mean, but I mean, it, it could work. Wow. See, the thing, Josh Kelly is Dylan. Uh, the, the problem with Josh Kelly and... Uh, I like him as an actor, but he always comes across like on one life to live. He was supposed to be this smarmy character, but Josh Kelly just comes across as such a good boy. At least when I'm watching him, I never believe him as this, as this like underhanded character. I do. He has that vagina eating grin, you know, God, really? Did you? Oh, I know. You know, I think Josh Kelly would kill in that role. I think Peter Port would almost be a little too intense for what I'm envisioning for, because I don't see Dylan just being that intense. And the perfect way to cap off this entire storyline would be for Jamie to propose a way for Melissa Archer. Ah, shut, up. shut up! 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 Get Adrian Leone, then why not bring on uh, Melissa? Adrian Leone originated that role, sir. So shut the ass down. Shut up. Shut up. If she come back, no. Natalie, Melissa Archer no. could be. What would we just say? Hush. Ask Melissa Archer. One Life to Live fans who are mad at ABC would stone Frank and Ron. And open if, if Ron and Frank brought on Kelly Missile and Josh Kelly, they'd stone them anyway. So if they're going to be stoned, they might as well bring Melissa them Archer will make them go crazy. They would take out an ad in the Hollywood Reporter. Prospect Park. See, they're now they're trying to take Melissa Archer. We can't do One Life to Live, guys. Melissa yes. Archer should be Sarah Horton on Days of Our Lives. She looks I, like you know what I think it's that one. 
the, the young and the restless people went and put a freaking plane in the air. She needs to be on days as Sarah Horton. She, she could be a, you know what? She could be a better Mac on Y&R. She's, Melissa Archer looks she, like a young good. Suzanne Rogers. She, she's redheaded. She would be great as Sarah Horton. I know Maggie has forgotten that she has two daughters because the wonder that is Daniel <laughs> Jonas has taken over her life. But she would be great. Melissa Archer would be great as Sarah to the Horton. On she would Daniel. be good as Mac. And can you imagine? She'd clean. Let's be real. Melissa Archer would. And she'd be good as Mac. And she would clean Amelia Hindley's clock on that show. Let's I don't want her on that show. Melissa Archer versus um, Melissa Claire Egan. No, it, they, it, need, it, they need uh, old faces on YNR. That's a show that doesn't need any new recasting right now. They really need Ashley Bossom. What is she doing? I don't isn't know. Is she what... a doctor or something? Yeah, she's a doctor now. Well, doctor, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's flying pet plays like Robert Kelker. I was like, her no. dad is a doctor. Well, you know, Detective Bo was on the case because I was like, "Bitch, what you doing?" Well, she's a doctor, I guess yeah. I'll let her. Her dad is a doctor, and she she was like, "I'm all about you. my butt problems." Shut <laughs> up, <laughs> And on that note, I think we need to wrap this episode. Uh, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at daytimeconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash dcconfidential. Add us as a friend on Facebook. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Basha, I need a second opinion. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up.